This is Railroad Rudy. For those of you that can't get a Valentine this year, just tell them you were a former Chattanooga heavyweight wrestling champion. Worked for me. This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. We're marking out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. And welcome to another week of Marking Out, episode number 158. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host. I'm the voice of the NYWC. I'm Jason Linick. You can follow me on Twitter, at JLinick. Like I said, this is Marking Out, episode number 158. After last week's chebacle, debacle, whatever you want to call it, we had to call the experts in to take this one over. However, needn't you worry. I am joined by Brandon and Dave. That is correct. We are here. Uh, You can go listen to all of our past episodes at MarkingOut.com. You can go like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. Go follow us on Twitter. We'll always live tweet. You know that already. Twitter.com slash MarkingOut. You can follow me on on Twitter (laughs) at... Shh, shh. I'm trying to promote myself here. I'm sorry. At Dave the Rafe underscore MO. And as you heard laughing, Brandon, where could they find you at? You can follow me on Twitter at BTTG161. B2TG161? No. That's, Uh-oh. that's gone. And what would an episode be without me saying that I am doing awesome as always? And. Come on, people will also know uh, Jason from being the voice of the uh, world-known Long Island Ducks. Yes. Oh, thank you. The, yeah, I, I the didn't bring baseball that baseball team. Do people quack at you? Um, usually at the baseball games, I've had a few people bring quackers to NYWC events, but not too many. You know what so, I think is cool when I see you post, like people walk up to you and recognize you from that? Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I've had, I've had a couple instances of that. It's really cool. So do you actually call like the play-by-play or? No, my job is during game breaks, like when the players switch sides, offense, defense, I go out on the field with fans and play games and give away prizes, almost like a game show host. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So you, uh, could, you could start hosting where in the world is Alex Rodriguez going to sit next? Yeah, I could do something like that. <laughs> maybe maybe you'll get A-Rod on the Marking Out podcast when he, uh, uh, no, if, that, if he goes not- to... Alex Rodriguez isn't coming on Marking Out, Dave. I hope nobody comes he's, on Marking he, Out. He's banned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I can get to do a bumper for you. No promises. <laughs> there we go. That's this what it's is, all about. Is, this is Alex Rodriguez, and you're listening to uh, Marking Out. Holy shit, we got that bumper so <laughs> Screw wow, you. that was great. You're welcome, Yeah, that guys. actually sounded like him. Did it? Yeah. Like, you know, no joke? Yeah, say say I'm sorry for using steroids. I, I'm uh, sorry for uh, using steroids. Now it sounds like Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> that bra. <laughs> it's actually my Carlito impression. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, I guess we sh- we could kick this episode off with. Okay, first of all, let me just say thank you to those who listened to episode 157. And let me apologize again for whatever 157 turned out to be. Even though I thought it was a pretty good episode. 
Yeah, but, thank, uh, thank yeah. you I to those it. that tuned in. Um, thank you for listening to my rant. And for and, those, uh, of, yeah. And for those of you who are tuning in, listening to us, apologize right now. And don't then didn't listen to one fifty seven. It's we're apologizing because uh, it was pretty much one of the best episodes we ever did, and it got erased. So yeah, it was pretty golden. But we had to put out an episode, and uh, it was only twenty four minutes, but it was longer than Marquis, longer than the Marquis. So what? I don't know if any that many people. Well, I do know that many people listen, but come on, guys, get those comments on the board. Yeah. But we have a lot of questions and comments to answer from 156 that we did not get to. You know what? That's maybe what – maybe they're – I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. They, they wanted to respect our time and everything, so they know that they already had the, the comments from last week to cover. Yeah. So they wanted to be a little bit uh, gracious to us. Yeah, so let's uh, kick it off with fan question and comments from episode 156. Uh, our buddy Aaron wrote in to us. Hey guys, amazing episode as always. Sadly, Dixie Carter didn't make an ep- appearance on this episode. She was probably rehearsing her god-awful promos. Anyways, first I wanted to touch on the debate that you guys had about CM Punk. I agree with Dave on this one, which has been happening a lot these days, where there's a difference between being burnt out or wanting a vacation and just walk, and just walking out of the company hours before Raw and leaving the company hanging. I can understand if CM Punk wanted to quit, but at least give WWE some time to write you off television and give a reason for your absence. Leaving the way he did is disrespectful to anyone involved, from Vince, Triple H, to other wrestlers in the back, and even the fans. So, do you want to touch on that or what? That's the thing. Do you want? Do we have any more uh, comments or questions? In oh, right, that's popping? right. That's right. I think so. I think we piled. Yeah, I up. see. Yeah, uh, Doug wrote in about CM Punk too. Yeah, so okay. we'll hold so off to later. What? Yeah, what you didn't hear last week was us saying we'll hold off to the CM Punk stuff till to the last. Yeah. Anyway, he goes on to say, "Here's my question for you guys this week. I heard that WWE plans to sign or to make Sting the Raw general manager when he makes his eventual return to the WWE. I think, eventual return? Doesn't he have to be yeah. there first to return? Anyway. Yeah. I think that would be a waste if they go with that instead of Taker versus Sting. I get that the match might not be great, but the build-up and promos would be out of this world. Anyways, what do you guys think? Would it work? Would he be Sting or Steve Borden? Thanks again, and happy three-year anniversary. Happy to, happy to be part of such an awesome podcast. The number one, Brandon Mark Aaron. P.S. Follow me on Twitter at AaronTSM. <laughs> and yes, I did change my handle. For some reason, I expect you to say, P.S. I'm horny. <laughs> I have, like, jeez. Billy Madison. Yeah, great. Billy Madison has been on my mind. That's because the Valentine's Day cards. Yeah, I chew, I chew, chew, choose you. <laughs> yeah, so oh, this this sting debate got pretty heated. It it no, it didn't get heated. It was not heated. It, it was, was very it was, um. I think it was it very was insightful. Pro- or whatever. It was very creative in uh, what we were talking about on it. Um, I guess let's start off with. I definitely think Sting can be in the WWE. I think it would work one hundred percent. I think it would um, be great for him to be. Uh, make his WWE debut as the Raw General Manager, and yes. hold off to Undertaker versus Sting, which he'll he'll end up 
well, if he is general manager, it'll be brought in whatever he's the raw general manager, and that will help build to next year's WrestleMania where he finally like retires or wrestles his very last match against Undertaker at WrestleMania, or and be's and not be's and he'll be inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame the night before in California. I think that they really have to give him leeway on the name Sting. Uh, instead of saying that, because rumors going around that they're going to call him the Icon Sting, which is still okay. But which I is think, still his name, I mean. Yeah. Um, but I think that as like uh, the GM role, that would work perfectly because it doesn't take the spotlight off of any other pro wrestler. If anything, it gives him the, the, the possibility to put the spotlight on other wrestlers because then he could cut promos with Ziggler and with a lot of other wrestlers and put them over. Um, I can see this at like the GM role as Steve Borden or like a, a face. Uh, what is it? A, a face paint, mafia. a face paintless sting part, kind of like main event mafia ish. And then um, as, as Brandon made, uh, made notice, it just continues on him putting over other wrestlers, him, especially with everything with uh, Kane, how Kane's getting out of control with his position and they need some sort of an order on Raw. Uh, I think it would be, make great. Yeah, and it'll be like where I could. I still feel like they could just call him Sting, even if he's the Raw general manager. I, but I want him. Fa- I want him without his face paint when right. he is. Exactly. You'll have him debut no face paint or whatever. People will complain regardless. That's one. But you have him debut without the face paint, and then eventually, like. I don't know, WrestleMania time, January or so, Undertaker appears and like then like the cryptic messages start happening and, and yeah. he comes the best, out, paints his the face. Best, the best thing would be Undertaker just comes out, cuts a promo in the ring, lights go out, spotlight in the rafters, Sting standing there with a, with a baseball bat pointed to the WrestleMania sign. That's it. You do not need any words. And then they just keep on playing mind games with each other, uh, just involving the Sting mask, Undertaker, like maybe even a casket. That would be interesting. Stinging Undertaker in a casket match. Yeah. But I don't know if that would ever go over. What do you uh what do you think about this, Jason? Um trying to avoid spoilers and dirt sheets, I think I agree. I I just have a feeling if he comes out without the face paint, a lot of people may not know who he is and it may not get the impact they're no pun intended. It may not get the impact they're hoping for. But No, uh, I I think a lot of people because for a fair fair amount of people, they do know uh, him without the mask in WCW, in TNA, uh, from watching, I guess, documentaries where they have involved Sting. I don't think True. the face paint's going to make too big of a deal because then once people start making mention that it's, it is Sting, the young audience is going to catch on to that. And then, if anything, they're, the fans are they are getting smarter because of the internet. So they'll mm-hmm. go to YouTube and search Sting and kind of broaden their horizon on stuff they may not know. Or plus, the or plus the, with the WWE network. Yeah, that's yes, true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or or the young fans will be like, Oh my god, Jeff Hardy's back. <laughs> Probably but, um, it, it kind of makes sense that he, if he's gonna come in now, the best time to do it is now. Ultimate Warrior going to the Hall of Fame, knowing his you know, past upcoming with the Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. And you know, from reading dirt sheets, I'm trying to avoid spoilers, et cetera, et cetera. But what from, what? from what I've been hearing, he lives in the Dallas area, and the impression WWE is getting from him is that if he's going to wrestle Undertaker, it's now or never. So oh, that that brings me to a good point. I I forgot all about that because Sting lives in the Dallas area. 
a big key factor to undertake WrestleMania matches is his opponent has to be open to uh, reenacting out. the wrestling match and training one-on-one with the Undertaker, reenacting pretty much the spots. And mm-hmm. Sting, rumor has it that Sting, it, because he lives in Dallas, very close to Undertaker, he's open to meeting with Undertaker and uh, doing uh, uh, rehearsals of the match. Wait, is Dallas near Death Valley? Yeah. Uh, just a little uh, <laughs> hop, skip, and a jump away, or whatever that is. It's in the same. It's in the same area code as Parts Unknown. You have to yeah, go right. down under. Down but under. In, uh, in in regards to the um, working out, I know that was kind of the reason they're starting to back away from Lesnar because they don't think he'll put in the extra time. Yeah, because he's a bitch. Yeah, honestly, if Which the guys I won't say to his face, but. If if I mean and plus he's only strictly going it seems like he's strictly going on wherever he can make money and if he has to go meet with Undertaker outside of that for not making not get paid for meeting him it's not gonna he's not gonna do it Which and I feel bullshit. like it's I feel bullshit. like I feel like Sting and Undertaker have mutual a large amount of mutual respect for each other I mean they both pretty much uh, their careers have paralleled each other to a point. And I feel like they both respect each other, and they would do all this. I mean, that's not to say that Brock doesn't respect Undertaker, but I just no. feel like I feel like we know better of his character. Yes, where we well, we saw it, 2004. Oh, I'm done with wrestling. I did what I wanted to do. Let's move to football. Yeah, pretty much. Um, my but, computer uh, went to the. Porn, little, yes, David. Yeah. Uh, next, right. <laughs> you want you good? Justin, Justin DeRosa <laughs> wrote into us, Hey guys, thank you for another awesome episode. I go to Maureen's at the time. I go to Maureen's at the time. It says all they the make, time. All the time. You're, you're so drunk right now. All the time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they, bullshit, man. They make an awesome peanut butter and jelly French toast. While listening to this show, I realize you guys haven't said regardless that's one. Which is now three. Yeah, three. <laughs> in forever. No, two. Two? Yeah. Uh, regardless. Three. Awesome. Awesome podcast, as always, at Awesome256. Thank you very much. Um, I wish I could have a peanut butter and jelly French toast uh, sandwich, but I'm, a, I'm actually allergic to peanut butter. But that's actually a really good place, right, Jason? Uh, Maureen's Kitchen is one of the best breakfast places around. I mean, there's only one location, so you kind of have to be around to go. But... It's, it's in what, Smith? It's in Smithtown, yeah. Yeah, so everybody should trek out there, like I said, two weeks ago on the show. But right. uh, move. Yeah, move yeah, it on. on. Biggie Langston wrote into us. Do I do it? Do you do it? I could do it. Do it. Five, five, five. Due to the popular demand, five degrees of E is back, so let's begin. One, a thank you to my mentor and trainer, Marcus Convon. Oh, right. It's Corvon, by the way. Two, <laughs> a F you to my singlet for giving me a wedgie. Yuck. Three, BJ's Wholesale Club for having kibasas at sample day. It sucked. Four, CM Punk took my bolt when he went home. Five, Brandon for slipping out of my bear hug while I was training with him as a wrestler. That's right. Brandon left Rocky Johnson's school for the school for the school of E. Which, let me just say, I'm never going to leave Rocky Johnson's school for the school of E. 
No, you actually have a good deal with Rocky Johnson, too. What is it? You make him strawberry banana uh, <laughs> in exchange? I make him strawberry banana smoothies, and he tells me that this bridge used to be five cents. <laughs> <laughs> you guys trade You guys trade uh, story, uh, stories of back in the day and um, kind of update him about all that. Back in 1972, this bridge was 13 cents. Well, that's funny because now it's $20. Yeah. Unfortunate, yeah. but... Up uh, next, we have... Linick, you want to read this one? Who's to say he's got everything pulled up? Do you? No, I do. I got it. I got Take it. Take it away. Take it away. Our next comment comes from my sign guy, protege, B. Montan B. He writes in, says, Great show as always, guys, but I do have one question for Dixie Carter. If it's true that CM Punk really has left WWE, do you have any intentions of signing him? Thanks, guys. Follow me on Twitter at my former Twitter handle, at NYWC underscore sign guy. Of course, I of course I have all the intentions of signing CM Punk. He is no pun intended. What's best for business? Uh, Dixie is if you do sign CM Punk, is he gonna just fall into the background, or is he gonna be part of your like your clique? CM Punk is gonna go onto my list. Onto his list, it'll be Lita, it'll be AJ, it'll be Maria, it'll be Dixie Carter. Do you understand that, David? I am, I, no, no, I do not. I cannot even comprehend that. Yeah, what does that even mean, Dixie? Like, how could you come on to our show and say that you're going to be added to CM Punk's list when we just asked you if he's going to be added to your group of people? Like, I don't understand. Can you explain yeah. that? Yeah. What is there to explain, guys? It's a list. A list is a list. Some people make lists of food items. You know Other- who else made a list, Dixie? <laughs> okay. On, dude, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> like, I just have to say. Punk, but now, what, like, you have all the champions in, like, your group, pretty much. Wouldn't CM Punk just overtake Magnus and take that championship away? CM Punk will have to work his boot talks off to become the TNA heavyweight champion. So you're telling me after all of this hype of CM Punk and him pretty much conquering the WWE, you're going to have him come into TNA and kind of make it work his way up? Who is CM Punk? Uh, he was actually under contract with you a few years ago. Well, I guess a while ago. Yeah, he was in a stable with Mickey James. I do not know who Mickey James is either. Oh man, and I, that, I, that's why that's why you're in charge of Impact, right? Keep up the great work, though. Props you, to you. Did you have something to say to her, Jason? I just wanted to say what an honor it was to be on the same program as Dixie Carter. Of course, it's an absolute honor whenever I'm in the room. I look at myself in the mirror and and, and I just cry. I weep. I weep with tears that I'm in the same room as Dixie Carter. Oh man, uh, I'm geez. like, I'm I'm drinking like whiskey and eggnog right now, and I wish it would just be straight up whiskey and a lot of it because I can't even comprehend you. If you drink more whiskey, you might have a shot with me. Oh, okay. You know, uh, like is that? Does do I get the offer too? I don't drink, Dixie. Yeah, I think anybody can be anybody. So pretty much anyone has a shot in TNA. Yes, as long as you like rotisserie chicken, you have a shot. Yeehaw! Sign me up. 
All right. If you don't mind, we're going to go on to the next comment, Dixie. Is that all right with you? Oh, it's not all right with me. Everything is about Dixie. Okay, Dixie. Okay, Mark, yeah, that's enough it, that's that. enough. We'll have you come back maybe a little bit later, but no, go let's away not. Now. Let's not have her back. Oh, yes. Well, you can't really. I feel like we cannot control her. She's yeah, just a, people of, Oh, my God. People I'm, of Dixie Carter. I'm talking here, Dixie. <laughs> Shut the heck up. Yes. So next right. question. Let's move on. Yes. This one's from Jasmine. From Jasmine. Do you want to do the honors, Dave? Sure. Hey, guys. Thanks for the awesome podcast, uh, awesome show. And, Dave, I hope you get well soon. Oh, and you finally got my Twitter handle right. Thank you very much. Uh, seeing that this is two weeks ago, I feel great. I'm also wondering when WWE plans on introducing the storyline involving Taker. The clock is ticking. Also, I 100% agree with what you guys said on Twitter during Raw about Zack Ryder. He does an amazing job at looking other uh, at making other guys look uh, very good, and he did exactly that in his match with Titus O'Neil. I think he also did well in showing uh, what he can do by proving some good offense. Providing, providing some good offense. Thank you. Thanks again. You guys made my two-hour uh, breaks from school on Monday bearable. Ha ha! At reverse and massage. Look at that. You teach a, you lead a horse to water and he drinks. Is that what the saying is? <laughs> he just keeps on drinking. <laughs> yeah, so look um, at that, Dave. You, you learned how to say it. Yeah, right. Uh, I guess we already spoke about The Undertaker. I'm, yeah, we already kind of spoke about The Undertaker yeah. stuff. Basically, it's just oh, time. It, we, no, we, we really didn't, though. It's okay. just it's time to pull the trigger and it's either he's back. Like, I hate the fact that... That they have to wait. It should have been something done in January. It shouldn't have to yeah. be after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. The, the rumor has it is that he's going to be returning on the uh, February 24th episode of Raw. Brother. Brother, and so will be Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart. Rumor has it. I don't really so, have a Jimmy Hart impression. Yeah. I could do that. But, <laughs> what yeah, was that's, that? I, I, that's my Jimmy Hart. Is <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Zack Ryder. Uh, he's a very talented wrestler. We, yes, being, we are friends with him, but even outside of that, you have to respect him for what he does in the ring. You have to respect all these guys for what they do do in the ring. They do something <laughs> that I cannot do at all. I laugh at that. I'm sorry. I'm immature. Cause when you say what they do do in the ring, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, um, pretty much Zack Ryder, three man band, Justin Gabriel, Tyson kid, Donald He's, Ziggler, Ziggler, these guys, Alberto Del Rio. Don't, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could get you to almost add him to your list. Fandango. Yeah. Like all of these guys are superb Kurt Hawkins, wrestlers. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, Hawkins. These guys are superb wrestlers, and the reason why the WWE holds on holds on to them is because of that. They're very good in the ring. They sell like none other. They have good offense. The crowd pays attention to them when they are in the ring. And they make their uh, the opponents look very good, like they know everything in the world that they've been training their entire lives. And it's funny because, like, go back a few months ago, when everyone's like, "Oh, so and so is getting fired. This person got fired." I'm like, "None of these people are going to get fired. They're too good in the ring. They make other people look fantastic." Yeah, there's no. You're not going to fire someone who is able to put someone over and that's because that's how you start to build money on a wrestler to right. make them start to look good. That's how you also convince the people watching at home and in the audience that this guy is exactly what you want him to be. You have them go over right. Zack Ryder and all these other wrestlers have kind of fall, falling into 
I, I'm becoming acceptable to the term jobber, but in but the they're not fact, really jobbers. Exactly. Even though I well, guess, but uh, but let me, uh, but not jobber in the old school mindset of a jobber like Brooklyn Brawler, Barry Horowitz, stuff like that. I'm talking about a uh, kind of like the word job. The term of a jobber kind of has evolved as wrestling has moved, progressed. The term jobber has evolved into someone that puts over the wrestler. And because of the focus, uh, the um, the way WWE can get in touch with everybody, the internet, the amount of television shows that they have, these jobbers are always going to be on your television as opposed to back then where Brawler or these other jobbers would uh, do, uh, put over someone because and make them look amazing maybe twice, twice a month, three times a month, and nobody would really know about it right? unless it was on – Raw outside of Raw, you didn't know that person even did anything, right? And now because of today day, you, they, you have it on YouTube, you have it on television, you have it everywhere you look you on have the a internet. WWE network coming soon. Yeah, you have the network. So these jobbers ha- are you you see them at on pretty much everything on the WWE website, the video games. So I think it's just the word jobber isn't really it's not a negative term, and it just evolved. And folks, if you are drinking when you're listening to Mark and Out, go back and rewind and take a shot every time Dave says jobber. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, and just to Brandon also mentioned guys getting released. Uh, it is coming that time where people are getting released. I'm going. I don't think say, so. Well, that's the thing. Last the year, fact- I don't think they did. They they released a few NXT guys, but now the fact that they have that whole performance center, I yeah. don't think people are getting released. The only people I think should get released is really don't Yoshitatsu. Say, don't say that. Yoshitatsu should be released, especially with the amount of if you're keeping him just for Japanese, just because he's Japanese, is and to reach that audience is kind of absurd when you have when you don't outreach. use him, you don't use him. So. You don't a you don't use him, and b you also have a ton of other Japanese wrestlers out there that make Yoshitatsu look like the shits. Like, well, he, you never seen Yoshitatsu really put it out there. So. I mean, that's true too, but I don't think that he is able to compete with these guys coming out of New Japan. Well, he's but from, then also is he not from Japan. Huh? He's got to be. Where did he wrestle before WWE? He's not I, I don't, grown. I don't know. I think he was. I think he was fresh. I think they took him pretty much straight out of nowhere. Straight out of nowhere. Straight out of Compton. You want to read the next one? Yeah. Up next, we have a comment from Doug from Ring Rope Rebellion. So uh, I. What was that? Yoshi Yoshitatsu came from New Japan. He was in New Japan See? from 2002 to 2007. See, look at that. Oh. So he is that damn good, Dave. All right, well, fuck me. I, <laughs> it's not a form of that. And that's what you get for being a noob at uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Don't and trying to noob. talk like you're a pro. Don't say noob. Noob? Yeah, so up next we have a comment from Doug from Ring Rope Rebellion. Uh, so I know CM Punk is coming off like a jerk who doesn't care about the fans. But I really think he's doing it for the fans and guys like Daniel Bryan. It's his way of saying, you keep booking these old guys who haven't worked all year for the main event at WrestleMania. Well, let's see how ratings do without one of your top guys. If this was the American Revolution, the fans for CM Punk would be the Rebels and all the fans against him would be the Loyalists. I think you know which one I am. And speaking for someone who bought Access... Hall of Fame, WrestleMania, and Monday Night Raw tickets, 
I don't want to see an out-of-shape Batista in the main event. I hope CM Punk comes back soon and Batista gets fired for using steroids. Um, unfortunately, Batista won't get fired for steroids because I'm pretty positive someone uses a fake cock to help him <laughs> pee uh, or whatever they do. You use but, one yeah. of those too, right, Dave? Uh, here and there, you got to do what you got to do. The ladies are like, it's but, so big. <laughs> that's why you have to have the lights off. <laughs> um, I don't think that the ratings are getting or being affected currently by the status of CM Punk. And I don't think that the ratings are going to reflect CM Punk. I don't think that CM Punk is as 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 big as an impact as he thinks he is. I just I think, think I think wrestling that? I think wrestling is wrestling. So it's like it'll never change really. Yeah, I think regardless of <laughs> anything two. going on. No, no, four. Oh. Anything that's going on in the uh ring or whatever's going on outside of the ring, people are still going to tune in to watch. And let's face it. No one's going to say, oh, CM Punk's on this pay-per-view. I'm 100% ordering this for CM Punk. Not too many people are saying it. I mean, people are still – the same people that say that are still going to order the pay-per-view or stream it or whatever, do whatever they were uh, pre- previously doing. It's funny, before. it's funny though because rewind – like the only other time that I actually remember saying I'm going to – or thinking that I'm going to order a pay-per-view to see this person – which I wasn't even a huge fan of was when TNA had Sting's return. Really? Yeah. But what if, made you what made you intrigued about that? I guess just the fact I think it was he was teaming with Christian. Okay. I'm, I'm almost certain. But thinking back to 2011, I think a lot of people ordered Money in the Bank just to see if CM Punk leaves champion if he if he doesn't if he's going to be champion or not. I was just going to allude to that. That's of course, the but, perfect example. But but that was that was then. I mean, he doesn't have the same status that he does now. I mean, come on now. He's doing matches. He's not. He's not John Cena. You know why I think that that he does. He's not. Well, I also don't think John Cena has the status to sell a pay per view himself. Uh, but, does any current wrestler have a status to by themselves to sell a pay per view? No. I it's think if like, CM, I think if CM Punk came back, he might be able to do it once or twice. You know, since he's fresh off being away. I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't think any unless you give a CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan, nobody's going to really care. I think the reason why CM Punk went downhill was the stuff with Paul Heyman and the fact that it just like all of a sudden Paul Heyman turns on CM Punk and it's like yeah that that kind of it it went on for too long. Yeah, and then if you even come on now, we've even said on the show that his team punk promos were amazing, and then as the years progressed, it started being like, and CM Punk had a promo, CM Punk had another promo, it it, it didn't have its catch that it used to. Right. I mean, when when CM Punk opened up Raw, it would be five to ten minutes that you didn't have to tune in because it wasn't a wrestling match. But I'm I'm, C- I'm certain that if CM Punk came back and he, they put him on commentary, I'd be like, oh. Oh yeah, I mean, he, we all know that he's great on commentary. Um, is it? Can I go into this little storyline that I thought of? Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's right. I actually write storylines. All right, so picture this. Was this a dream or? No, no, this is what I do on my free time when I'm like when I'm bored and I'm just thinking about wrestling. Okay, so what this guy's going to do is this thing, and this guy's going to do that thing. Go ahead, Dave. That's very realistic, though. And um, then Dave hits his finisher. 
Yeah. <laughs> For the record, my finisher is 3DT. 3DT. All right. So imagine this. Somehow Daniel Bryan's in the ring cutting a promo. And then CM Punk jumps the rail at a pay-per-view. Or Daniel Bryan just won the match. CM Punk jumps the railing, attacks CM, uh, Daniel Bryan from behind. Punk starts getting on the mic the next day on Raw, saying how he deserves having fans chant his name, being the face of the WWE, not facing Triple H. He deserves to have the status that John Cena and Daniel Bryan is currently having. And that the only way that he could do it is with the support of his friend of some special people. So then does he bring the out next, the oddities? No, no, no. Okay. Close though. I'll wait. But next next night on Raw, the authority comes out. Triple H. Next Stephanie, week on Raw or what? The next night, the following okay. night. I like the way I picture it, it's either a pay-per-view and then a raw, or it could be a raw, then a raw. I'm not too sure about that one. I would think maybe pay-per-view and then a raw. Um, authority comes out. We have a new face of the WWE. A man that has no boundaries, speaks his mind, and a man that all the fans should be looking up to. And everybody's doing the yes chance. Do you think it's Daniel Bryan? And it ends up being CM Punk. CM Punk says that it's the only way that he could be the face of the company, the only way that he could be that that person that John Cena is and that he is not. And then that's when CM Punk is on that paper, the next pay-per-view. CM Punk is featured right there, center of the poster. That's where his face is on the cover of WWE.com, the magazines, the 7-Eleven Cups. That's where he starts to get everything that he always wanted. So you're planning for this to be the, the summer? Um, yes, or over a progression of time. Now do we get ice cream bars with his return? That would be epic. They don't even make the 7-Eleven Cups anymore. Yeah, but they could. They could. But even though I was thinking maybe everything, this is where it starts to go haywire. But what is Michael Cole doing in the Raw Rumble? <laughs> but kind of like how WrestleMania 10, you had the championship defended twice. I think it would be kind of interesting to see CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan in the opener and then have the uh, World WWE World Championship defended, Orton versus Batista. And then for the main event, have the winner of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk face for that championship. And, of course, both times it's going to be Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan champion. But, yeah. I don't know. That's that's what I'm thinking. That's not going to happen, but I think that would be so cool if it did. I mean, it's very unrealistic, but... but completely unrealistic, but it would be a creative storyline. Yeah, which is, again, goes back to something we've been saying for the past, what, three years? Hire us. Yeah, right? Because we actually think about the storylines that you could actually lead into for six months, one year. Because I... Two weeks. Because I care about the storylines. Yeah, more it, more than the people actually writing it. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> yeah, but that's Dave's uh, rant on, or not rant, whatever, dream match. Or dream Dave's storyline. creativity at work. Up next, we have a question or a comment from Rick David. Dave, we could tag team this. All three of us could tag team this. <laughs> yeah. You want to you start this one off, Jason? Jason, you muted again? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, you, you want to start this off? Yeah. What are you All talking right. What are you, SmackDown? No, no, uh, Rick, no, Rick no, David's Rick comments. David. Oh, Rick David's comments. Hang on, I'm, I'm over with the NYWC stuff. All right, wow. All Rick, right. David's, Rick David's got a lot here. All yeah, right. Yeah, you, you, you read you, the first paragraph. 
Wow. Oh, what is this going to be like in school where you would like popcorn the reading selection to the next person? Yeah, Hell we're yeah. going to tag team this. We're, we're going to be the shield on this. Yeah, you can surprise one of us. Just switch it over to us okay. at any moment. Okay, so Rick David writes in, if I can be serious for a minute, what is he, Lance Storm? I thought I'd bring up a topic for discussion, one that's been bugging me ever since SummerSlam, and that's the Shades of Grey approach WWE's been taking to face and heels. Most notable Triple H, Stephanie, Vicky Guerrero, Brad Maddox, Miz, and the New Age Outlaws. I have no problem with non-traditional faces and heels, such as the anti-hero Stone Cold Steve Austin, or super nice guy heels like early WF Kurt Angle or NXT Bo Dallas. It's still clear whether these people should be supported or disliked, and their crowd actions have reflected it. Also, factions like the Shield being cheered as heels is okay because they're still clearly presented as heels. We don't have to follow WWE's narrative, but their narrative should be clear. I'm going to Brandon. What I and many others think is counterproductive and outright nonsensical is having people play to the crowd for face reactions one segment, then play for heel reactions the next. We've seen this with the authority for months now, and whether they're trying to give the impression that they pretend to be good guys for sinister reasons, or whether they're trying to pretend to be nuanced. Is that right? Is that the correct word? Because I sound like an asshole if I'm saying the wrong word. No, I was going to go along with that one. Nuanced, more realistic characters with shades of gray, 50 or no. It doesn't work in wrestling, and here's why. In films or books, morally ambiguous characters work well because the viewer is only supposed to follow the story and enjoy it. In wrestling, fans are supposed to react. The, rea- the reaction for a beloved star, 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 that's weird that I said that wrong twice, is loud is a loud cheer, while loud boos are what accompany a hated heel. The reaction for a kind of good sometimes, but mostly not so nice, is inaudible. David, you're up. If I don't know whether cheer or boo the New Age Outlaws, then I'll do neither, or perhaps do one half-heartedly. The end result is, com- is a confused viewer and half-arsed crowd reaction. If Mr. McMahon, Brandon. No, it's not working like that. Take the rest of the paragraph, asshole. No, I popcorned it to you, dude. If Mr. McMahon sometimes helps Stone Cold Steve Austin and sometimes stack the deck against his corporation members, he wouldn't have been the universally despised villain he was. It would have been sufficient. Wrestling is all about passionate reactions and to borrow a line, ambiguity creates... Bro, you write these words that I look like an asshole. Ambiguity writing. creates ambivalence. Thank you, Jason. What are your thoughts? I think you need to stop writing in so big words. <laughs> I only went to community college, bro. <laughs> the fifth best mark in the world, Rick David at Violent Rick. So um, first off, thank you, Rick, for making me look like an asshole again. <laughs> this wasn't we didn't read this last week did we no that was sent in actually after we flubbed awesome i love it um unfortunately wwe isn't wrestling anymore it's sports entertainment but so that's I, even more so we need like faces and heels i don't think you do because because it's sports entertainment hey you're not going to c- control the crowd the right. crowd i feel like is going to do whatever they want to do as we find out during matches where they're chanting uh, it, people not even in the match. Yeah, cr- it, it's like it's crazy that fans are starting to become that. Not, I don't want to say smarter, but like it's like snarky almost. 
where like they're they're becoming more and more right. And I don't know if I like that just yet, but well, I'm not going to go to a event and and chant JBL. I mean, I do think that it's good to have hated heels have some baby faces, but I don't think that just because um, you have a kind of good someone that is going to be inaudible. It's like I, it, I that is it, true though. Look, go back to the cage match: New Age Outlaws versus Goldust and Cody Rhodes. New Age Outlaws. That match, the crowd for that was dead. Nah, and it's it's probably because I want to cheer, I want to boo. Who are or I want to cheer, but they're kind of telling me I should boo. But I really love the New Age Outlaws, and they're kind of really well, they good. They, they are straight out telling us to boo the New Age Outlaws. But it's not coming across like as if they're super heels. It's just like... They're just they're coming back, and they're having fun. That's what I'm seeing it as. Right. It's I'm not seeing them doing anything that's really all that heelish. Right. But, it's not back in the day where you had a character that was like Mankind where he was just pretty much the underdog and the bottom of the barrel trying to get to that championship, and you had the New Age Outlaws just going after him for no reason, kind of like being the, the bullies of the high school. You know like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I see it. And you're not when you say bullies of the high school, you're not talking about a TNA live event, right? No. Should I be? You get it? Bully Ray in the high school gym? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, now I get it. You had what? to clarify that one. because 2014, was- my jokes, folks. <laughs> what what I did what I'm seeing here I'm, maybe I'm misinterpreting the comment or just going off on a whole different tangent there really is no set line of face and heel if you look at a group like the Wyatt family I, I don't the, where do they people it's because shoot? people people are cheering the Wyatt family exactly so you really it, it's so hard to classify I mean, a I, lot I of people as that... strictly face or strictly heel Miz like Rick David mentioned, is kind of one of them. He bounces back and forth so much, you don't know. But see, that's the thing. Like, Miz is, is we don't know what Miz is. Miz is an asshole for doing that. I hate it that he's not one or the other. But the Wyatt, so that kind of, the that Wyatt kind of family. With, that kind of, like, goes, no, that doesn't go against what I was saying before because the Miz is flat out, straight up, a uh, uber heel. Or he but he's is not. A, we don't know. We don't know what he is right now. But but on the show is he's either strictly one or strictly the other. But it's, it's not like back and forth on the same night though. Yeah, it is kind of though. Sometimes it is, and the Wyatt family are they're like they're strictly heels, but we're gonna cheer for them because we know they're that good, for the most part. And I think when I say the for the most part part, you guys are knowing I'm not talking about Eric Rowan, or yeah, no. who has yeah. been improving though. And, and the Shield, we we know they're heels, but. How are we not going to cheer people like that? We we like them. People, we I like think, the Shield. I kind of think like people are more cheering for the future of the WWE, as in the Shield, the Wyatts, mainly Harper and Bray. Yeah, Titus but, O'Neil. Yeah, I feel like people are kind of cheering for the future, and if they're if they're cheering the right people. Yeah, like I'll cheer for Bray Wyatt. I'll cheer for Batista. It doesn't matter. You'll cheer joking. for Batista? No, I was joking. I was hoping Dave would agree with me. Even yeah. the uh, <laughs> even the authority figures, Triple H and Stephanie, the crowd never seems to know how to react to them. Some weeks they boom, some weeks they cheer them. Yeah, and and the scene, the Mister McMahon stacking the deck and everything. I don't think you're ever gonna see. You're not gonna. I mean, right now you're seeing the the authority kind of do that to Randy Orton, when the authority are supposed to be the heel, uh, I guess faction. And that's what I just, I just like I can't. Like Triple H and Stephanie come out, 
they're heels, and the next week they're like, oh, but Randy Orton, you kind of, like, you're a dick. So yeah. it's like I'm on their side one week, and, like, I'm like, I said, like, way too many times, but, and then I'm on their, against their side. Hey, guys, week. rewind and listen back whenever Brandon says that and take a shot. Oh, so Dave got pissed at that comment, eh? Eh? No, what's that about, though? Uh, up next, we have a comment. Or actually, not up next, but on yeah. Marking Out 157, we have a comment from CM Mark saying, No comments. I thought I commented, but it was accidentally deleted. Zing. Stay cool, guys. Which, when I read that, I laughed out loud. I thought it was funny because the accidentally deleted episode. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised that nobody really commented on that too. Really uh broke my heart on Valentine's Day. It really hurt me. Hurt um Yeah. What's that a boot? It's not a boot, uh, though. It's 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 about a boob? A, yeah, hilarious. Whatever. All right. <laughs> Jasmine wrote in, Hey guys, gosh, I hope it's not too late to comment. And no, it is not. I just wanted to thank you guys for putting it out putting up the uh, podcast even after the first got deleted. It was very enjoyable. In my opinion, Dave's ranting was also pretty funny to hear. Can't wait to hear more. Also, I I hope you guys managed well in the snow. At Reverse and Massage. Uh, thank you very much about the ranting. When you get on a roll, you're just nothing can stop you. Because and, nah, never mind. Yeah. I was gonna have a really shitty joke. Yeah, don't even <laughs> Brandon save yourself. Um, I kinda wanna say it now. Say it. Because you're you're like Oh, when you're on a roll, you're unstoppable. I'm like, that's because you buttered that toast, but. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Can we, like, edit that out to save you face? Nah, bro. I already saved my own face by wearing a luchador mask. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, snow-wise, we all managed. I mean, I managed. Brandon, yeah, don't Jason, say we you all guys managed? managed, bro. Yeah, I'm doing fine. It was it was enjoyable though. I like seeing when it snows. It's it's nice to look at. It's nice to open a window and hear, because there's like it's like the most quiet you'll ever hear. But when it it, it, it snowed last time, I'm just gonna agree with you real quick. I with that you can go outside at night and it's like ghost town, but it's so it's, it's soothing. It's lighter out too because the snow reflects the moon reflects off the the snow and bounces back light. But when the snow day happened, the really bad snow day that everyone was saying was going to happen last Sunday, I was in Texas and there was a snow day in Texas and there was no snow. No snow. There was no ice. No ice. And they had on the news, people were flipping their cars because they heard the word snow day. That's crazy. Like, I don't understand. How's that happen? Uh, does anybody here listen from Texas? Because I need, more specifically, Austin, Texas, or the, the surrounding areas. Because I need to understand what snow is like for you guys, that you guys are flipping your cars and not knowing how to handle that stuff. Everything was I mean, closed. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what happened with all the snow. People j- just started listening to Marking Out, and they just started flipping cars. Because they were so angry that the first episode got deleted because someone messed up. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, Jason. Jason. Yeah, good up. job, Jason. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Apology accepted. All right, what do you guys want to talk about first? I guess you want to talk about CZW? Yeah, let's talk about CZW very briefly. Uh, they had the 15th anniversary 
where A.R. Fox defeated Drake Younger, Chris Dickinson, Black uh, G's for the number one contender at the CZW Championship. Um, I'm sure Chris, if he's listening, he's ecstatic about that because we all know how much he loves A.R. Fox. Chris is absolutely A.R. Fox's number one fan. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I should really get A.R. Fox to do a bumper just for Chris. A.R. Fox Fox should have a title just for Chris. Yeah, right? I, I think that's what it should be called Chris's title. Yeah, like, or it could be like the the Chris's number one wrestlers title. I, Chris's, I Chris's favorite wrestlers title. They also had uh, they also had Drew Gulak defending his championship against AJ Styles coming in all, right off of his TNA, uh, and AJ Styles picked up the victory because Gulak did, uh, got DQ'd. Um, I'm not surprised by this. Styles isn't going to win the championship while he's away from TNA unless it's like a really unknown promotion or a lot smaller than CCW. Uh, you also had the Beaver Boys successfully defend their championship against Murderer's Row. For those that don't know Beaver's Boys, the Beaver Boys is Alex Reynolds and John Silver, who are for, straight out of NYWC. So, of course, supporting them, very happy that they're still ch- current champions. Yeah, what if the Beaver Boys came out one time and shaved a woman's head? That would be... Why? Because they're the Beaver Boys. Maybe I'm sorry, they... folks. That was a Beaver joke. If you, uh, <laughs> um, <sighs> still confused. That... Like, how is a woman's head a beaver? They're gonna because of the Beaver Boys. They're gonna shave the person's head. Whatever. Forget it. But a beaver is not a head. No, but the, the... no, no, J- no, Jason. <laughs> don't don't. Let Brandon Don't encourage what, it. Screw you, yeah, Dave. Let Brandon think what he wants to think. <laughs> no, you know what a beaver is. Y- yes. Angry beavers. We all know it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate is coming up February 22nd. Uh, what's the event called? Where is it? It uh, is the Excellence of Edison Execution. Live from the Edison Hotel, I believe, in Edison, New Jersey. And it has excellence in its name because Brent the Hitman Hart is making a special appearance, in-ring appearance, where you can get autograph, picture, all that fun stuff. Yes, and if my throat didn't hurt, I would give y'all my Bret Hart impression, but it can, hurts. Can, what's your, when have you ever done a Bret Hart impression? It, it happens. <laughs> it happens from time to time. Yeah? Yeah, except sometimes it just ends up turning into Owen, and then my throat hurts even more. Uh, because you get choked up. No, it's like, it's difficult to do. Like, I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. It sounds better in person, I assume. Yeah. And now my throat's all like, you can hear my throat talking like this. Everybody turned a blind eye. You turned a blind eye. Remember that? (laughs) Um, the PWS championship is going to be defended. Bonesaw, undefeated, is going to be defending his championship against yours truly, Alex Reynolds. Uh, this is going to be... The, what's that? I have a question. Is Bonesaw ready? I believe he is. I think Bonesaw is ready. I think the better question is, is Alex Reynolds ready for Bonesaw? Oh, just got chills when you said that. Seriously. Bonesaw is ready. Uh, You're we, also, what's that? I wanted to cover a match as well, Dave. <laughs> cover a match. We also are going to see... I, is it the first time ever, maybe? Cole Cabana versus Chris Hero? I don't think the first time. I can't see that being the first time, but it says no, the match you won't see. 
It's it's billed as the match you won't see happen anywhere else. So Cole Cabana versus Chris Hero, who made his independent wrestling return at the last uh, PWS show. Uh, did I say his return? Yes, his return yeah. to the independent scene. Taking, you also, yeah, whatever. Taking yeah. on Shane Helms, yeah. Yeah? You're yeah. also going to have the 30-man-on-the-spot title shot rumble, where the winner gets this title shot at the winner of the Bowen Saw-Alex Reynolds match. And there's going to be a number of competitors in this match, ranging from the number one entry, Dan Moff, and you're going to have the number 30 entry, Starman. You'll also have Wild Man, Migs, Suburban Outfitters, Untouchables, Black Hollywood, Craven, Little Mac Fala, Dave Destruction, Lance Anawahi, Kyle Reynolds, and a ton more. One can only hope for the Jewosaurus, right? Who? <laughs> what do you mean, who? Come on, don't say who. I think they actually already... Oh, it says end more. Yeah. yeah, so who knows what the end more is? Who knows who else is going to uh, maybe, be maybe, appearing? Maybe Rocky Johnson's training will finally pay off, right? Yeah, never know, never know. But I think maybe one of the matches that I'm most looking forward to is the tables match where the former partners collide. Big deal, Craig Steele taking on Hollywood Joe Hardway. Yeah, big fan of both of these wrestlers. Yeah, so let's see who wins that one. Uh, this match was supposed to happen at the last event, but it was postponed due to uh, uh, Craig Steele having a uh, well, his the wife. birth of it. Yeah, his wife <laughs> having the birth of their child. So congratulations to him and his wife. If we haven't said it on the podcast already, but yeah. this ma- that match is going to be a good match. Um, you're also going to have a bombshells four way. Both bombshells belts are going to be on the line. Missy Sampson, the heavyweight champion, versus Mickey James versus Angelina Love versus La Rosa Negra, who is the majestic champion. Uh, you do not want to miss this event. It's going to be taking place Edison, New Jersey. It's going to be hosted by the primetime Sam Roberts, Chastity Taylor, who is so pretty and gorgeous, and David Adams. So go check it out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's PWS. Definitely go buy your tickets next week. Show up. Edison, New Jersey. Be there. Be and, there or be square. Yeah, you know, I actually used to... Uh, I don't want to tell that story. No, 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 no. Tell it, tell it. They used to call me be squared in, in, in middle school, I think. Why? I have no idea. Be squared in? I don't know. I don't know if I'm making this up now. Be squared in? Dude, I used to be called B squared. I think I was B squared. Just like it was just a nickname. Like B-square? they used they used to call me Rikishi, which is fucked up. Rikishi, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and uh, I used to. I also further down the line was also called. That was more elementary school was Rikishi, and uh, further down, yeah, further down the line, I was the Branimal. Yeah, for, for Batista. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. Because everybody watches wrestling. But I guess we can move on talking quickly about uh, New York Wrestling Connection. Yes, NYWC Psycho Circus. It's actually taking place February 15th. So if you're listening to this on the 15th, make sure you get your ass to uh, the NYWC Sportatorium in Deer Park, New York, on Long Island. 7 p.m. bed uh, bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> 7 p.m. bell time. You're going to have a Psycho Circus match. This is like the cream of the crop match. All NYWC titles are on the line. 
You're going to have Team Rhett, uh, Whipwreck, Mikey Whipwreck, Stockade, Francis Kipling Stevens, Chrissy Rivera, King Mega, and Rex Lawless, the returning Rex Lawless, taking on Mike Mondo, Matt Justice, Jesse Vane, Flawless, Blake Morris, DJ Hyde, the CCW owner, that is correct, and Marty Bell. So that match is going to be, what is it? It's all, one side is steel cage, one side is barbed wire. And I think the uh, other two are just regular ring ropes. Is that correct, Jason? Yeah, that's correct. Um, well, they, usually, Jason, you've been to enough of these. Could you explain this for our listeners a little bit? What this yeah, match, what, what happens what is every, t- every title is on the line, and the stipulation is different for every title. Um, I'm not sure which one goes to what. I know one of them is hung from the ceiling, and it's served as a ladder match. One of them is served as a tables match. Each title has a different stipulation, but they are all on the line. And because Big O is injured and the championship has been vacated, we're guaranteed a new NYWC champion. Wow, I'm curious at how that's that has to be that has to be what the championship hanging is. I would assume so. That that'll probably be the championship hanging. But I uh, think one, once you win a title, you're out of the match. I don't think you're eligible to win more. That's pretty wild. I'm kind of curious if they're going to have Big O play a factor in this match. Or even if if this is only going to be an interim champion for when Big O returns. So this know, way you have the interim champion take on the true champion. Bear in mind, Tony Nese will be making his return after serving a 90-day suspension or 90-day losing for whatever. Yeah, and he's making a pretty big return facing off against the Kentucky gentleman himself, Chuck Taylor. Yep, Chucky e. T. Yeah, Chucky e. T, always very entertaining. If you do not know Chuck Taylor, then go – no, no, go check him out. <laughs> you just like, go F yourself? No, no. You're also going to have the Masters of the Mat match. You're going to have – which is probably one of the best matches that professional wrestling has today. It usually spotlights some of the best technical wrestlers out there. This match, you're going to have Alex Reynolds, the Beaver Boys, going at each other. Alex Reynolds versus John Silver versus Drew Gulak. The CZW champion versus the Greek god Papadon. That's going to be a really good match. You're going to have a few other matches. Do not miss this. You can check out nywcwrestling.com for more information. Like I said, if you're listening to this on February 15th, make sure that your ass is at NYWC Sportatorium in Deer Park, New York, 7 p.m. bedtime again. Shit. Bell time. You're you're not even going to highlight the other matches? Come on, man. If you'd like to, go for it. Of course I want to. Alvin Alvarez will be settling a score with the Grim Reefers. They go one-on-one for the first time ever in a number one contenderships tag team title match. Rock and Sack, who won the rights to be number one contenders at the last NYWC event, and for those of you who don't know, Rock and Sack is Nikki Adams and Dickie Rods. They will go one-on-one with the newly formed team of Apollyon and Bill Carr. And if people do not know Bill Carr and Apollyon, you're living under a rock because these people are massive they are the monsters of the ring you do not want to step you know when you get into a wrestling ring you don't want to look across the ring and see a polyon or bear uh bill carr because they when you see them you know that the trouble is right around the corner exactly and then in traditional psycho circus faction we're going to start with the joker's wild battle royal i don't know how many people are in this match but the winner gets a fusion title shot as dave was saying doors open at six bell is at seven First and second row are sold out. General admission is still available on the website and might still be available at the door, but you're not going to want to miss this. Now, Jason, for those listening, will you be a ring announcer? 
Yes, I'm I'm honored and super excited. You know, I do the Ducks thing, but this is like NYBC's WrestleMania, so this, this I will is, be announcing. This is your first, right? This is my first year announcing Psycho Circus, and huh. it's it's no, no, weird. Keep it going. It's weird to look back and remember when I first started going to NYWC, one of my first shows attended was Psycho Circus like three years ago. And now to be there and then to have come all the way full forward to that I'm going to be standing in the middle of that ring calling all of this is just going to be incredible. And That's I'm awesome. very excited. How many match, How many events have you called so far? I took over for Larry over the summer. Um, he left about midway through the summer. I started calling at Fusion and I've been calling them ever since. But That's I did a great. couple. I did a couple of fill-ins, you know, over the past year before that for Larry. But then well, when he, yep, when he moved back to Maryland and does strictly CZW and Ring of Honor, that's when I took over. All right. Do you have any fond memories of any of your the matches that you have announced? Something that something that happened that you're like, wow, this just happened. Uh, whew. Um, it was really cool the first time I got to announce. Um, Matt Stryker and um, Just Incredible. That was really cool. Um, unfortunately, I missed the opportunity. I, I was supposed to announce a match between Mike Mondo and Trent Beretta, but I was in a car accident, and I missed announcing that. But it, it's just surreal to, to meet all these people and have this opportunity. Yeah, and especially I'm sure it's more ecstatic because you're working alongside them. Exactly. Uh, for, the, for, the most, for the most part, yes, you're not a pro wrestler, but you're still working ex- uh, a, alongside them to entertain the crowd it's really cool getting to know everybody and to be a part of something like this and if anybody ever has the opportunity to do something involved with independent wrestling it's it's really amazing it's really amazing it's it's crazy like last year already like just to think back was jerry lynn basically not everybody's here to listen to you okay basically one of his last east coast matches and it was just like like, he was a, such a cool dude. I'll always say that. But it's like, that happened at Psycho Circus. It's already been a year. It's weird. Yeah, that is pretty, that is pretty wild that it's been that long ago. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about that other indie promotion? I don't, but let's do. And I hope you guys join us for the ride. Because we have to talk about it. T-N-A? Oh, yes, Impact Wrestling. <laughs> the other indie Ugh. show, right? Yeah, the other indie show. Um, I, guess, I just got indigestion. Oh, that was so fucking awesome. I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> Damn. I'm kind of jealous of that. Now, unfortunately, TNA opened up with Dixie Carter in the ring doing a little promo, which majority of people don't listen to anyway. She needs to just accept a check from Vivid Entertainment and do porn. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't say it. that enough. She needs to. Like, you need, if you just get the money and do it and get it over with. Yeah, I think she's kind of like absurd to the fact that she probably in her mind thinks that she's getting the same reaction that Vince used to get during the WWE Attitude Era. If by same reaction she means crickets, then she's spot on. I mean, people hated Vince for what he was doing, for how he was betraying the fans, betraying Vince uh, Stone Cold and And, his alliance with the corporation. And it's funny because people just hate Dixie Carter. Yeah, that's the thing. People dislike what she's doing for pro wrestling, not for the storyline. What? Yeah, it's it's disappointing. But there are a lot of great things that come from TNA. And yeah, one of them is not the main event that took place: Kennedy versus Bully Ray in a casket match. Anderson. Yeah, 
Oh, really? Anderson. Oh, yeah, Anderson. I, I Anderson. keep on writing Kennedy for some reason. It's because. Oh, wait, no, he is Kennedy now. No. No, he's Anderson now. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. Okay. I, I wrote down Kennedy. <laughs> I'm always going to call him Kennedy instead of Anderson. Not, yeah. I'm having more, like, difficult when you're saying just Kennedy and not Kennedy Kennedy or Anderson Anderson. Kennedy Kennedy? Yeah. Kennedy um, Kennedy's sewing better. Yeah, right? The, the match was pretty crappy. I mean, why is there a casket without the lid attached to it? In Why is it like – it looks like it's straight out of a backyard promotion. Now, we were saying before the show, what would happen if the casket fell apart? I wouldn't put it past that happening in TNA. Yeah, I mean, the X Division X has fallen before. And yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kennedy – like, it was just weird watching them battle. with. It's so much different from watching a casket match feature an Undertaker where – the casket is attached to the act, like the, the what is the it? Wheels. The lid is attached. It's a lot more different where you're watching the lid that's attached being pressed down on the person, as opposed to someone like with both hands hovering over a lid. Yeah, but some caskets are like that. Yeah, but for if you die, if you did, yeah, but if you died in in like 1762, or if you're Dracula. Yeah, I mean, your casket's got a door. Your casket's got a door that comes off. That's true. Talking about caskets with a door and dead, what about this storyline with Velvet Sky and Chris Saban? It sucks. Nobody nobody gives a shit about it. I think everybody involved in this storyline is a pigeon. Yeah, everybody (laughs) in this storyline is also not giving a shit about it and wondering why. And I don't know what I just said. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Is that uh, were, were her fans called pigeons, or were she calling so. people pigeons? I don't know. Is that like oh. a, a no scrubs oh. thing? <laughs> During the oh. match, this new uh, oh. this new knockout made her debut. I guess uh, oh. alpha female, the alpha female Monty Brown. Yeah, <laughs> alpha female Monty Brown attack Chris, uh, attack Velvet Sky, beat the crap out of her. But she's too similar to Lady Tappa. But I, mean, I think I've heard really good things from Alpha Female. Maybe I don't know enough about her, but in the ring with her, the way she was going about it, it was too similar of how she was presenting herself. Does I it, I just thought that this was going to be just because they. I really still do think this that it's just because they were in the UK, because I, they have tapings up until March. So who knows if she'll be here in the United States of America. That is very true as well. We really do not know because TNA doesn't want to hire us because they'd rather go bankrupt. Uh, you also had a, a ladder match with two briefcases hanging, one holding a t- uh, world heavyweight chi- title shot and a tag team title shot. Uh, Gunner Storm versus Carter and Magnus. Gunner picked up the victory. Uh, Wait, so does Gunner have both or does James Storm get I, one? I think Gunner has both, right? So now, how do they know which briefcase was which? Did the winner grab both? Gunner was holding both ti- both cases on his exit. And I'm just I'm tired. Like, why the fuck does he keep defending those ti- those briefcases? They're like championships. Yeah, I don't get that either. I don't. I am very happy to see Gunner uh, get pushed in that direction because I I am a big supporter of Gunner. Unfortunately, the last you would person love Texas. What I said, you would love Texas. What? Oh, unfortunately, fuck you. You're the, a dick. the last the last person that I was uh, very supportive was was Magnus, and look how that turned out. Yeah, I mean he's he so cold is like 
having a great title run and everything, according to Dixie Carter, but nobody gives a shit about it. So, enough said with that crap. But the good stuff to come from TNA. Yes, I guess the rest of this, um, before we move on to the good stuff, let's also talk about the Abyss promo, where Abyss was in the ring without his, he was maskless, Eric Young came out, and then Young helped him find his, wanted to help him find his bro, Park was saying how he proved that he was Abyss, he can't deal with how he's Abyss on his conscience, so now he has to leave to fix everything. Um, he said he had to find... Okay, now get this. He said he had to go find someone that would understand him to help him. Do we see this being Tommy Dreamer? No, motherfucker. They're bringing in James Mitchell. <laughs> I was going to say, is James Mitchell coming back? That's the really? only thing. No, I don't know, but... I, I'd mark that would be the that. only thing that makes sense. I'd mark out for that because James Mitchell is, I think, one of the most underrated managers uh, uh, in professional is, wrestling. My name is Sinister Minister. I mean, I, I I think that his promos were amazing. Was, was that not a good impression? Do it again. My name is Sinister Minister. I'm Father James Mitchell. You sound like... Uh, oh, Ed. Neighbor, yeah, the neighbor of Rock was... That's what he sounded like. That's what his voice is. The All right, heads? so let's yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about some good stuff with TNA. But there's this, still more bads. I don't, you know, we need the go goods back. to outweigh the bads. But What's you didn't that? even mention the fact that Dixie Carter is confused as to the concept of lockdown. Oh, oh, okay, yes, let's touch that for a moment. We we <sighs> didn't we didn't mention Kevin Nash actually tweeted about TNA. There's so much bad. All right, so touch the rest of the bad. <laughs> okay, so Dixie Carter, to compete with the announcement that MVP made on February 12th, tweeted, My lockdown announcement, every match will be contested inside the steel cage. Which, for those of you I, who... I can't even say that without laughing. For those of you who've never seen a lockdown before, <laughs> every match is already contested in a steel cage. Maybe she's not aware of this. I Did mean... she have a stroke? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. She had a stroke of genius if you're Dixie Carter. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that she's she's not coming on the show right now to explain this. Because how, funny, be... how funny would it be if, like, the riders are like, let's let's mess with our boss real fast. We know we're a sinking ship. Let's fuck with her. And, like, <laughs> like yo, let's... Dixie, write this. This will get you mad fucking heat. This, or... this has never happened before in TNA. Just go for it. Write it. It's going to be amazing. Like, she tweets out, hey, y'all, I'm Dixie Carter. Like, <laughs> screw you. That, All right, so then, let's talk. Oh, yeah, the Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash then goes on to tweet earlier today, uh, Friday, Saturday, whenever you're listening to this. He said he watched the first eight minutes of TNA, and if it's a private company, how can anyone attempt a hostile takeover? Wouldn't Dixie's father be the one behind that? And boom, there goes your big storyline. Yeah. <laughs> So let's. So who's looking forward to lockdown? You know what? Let I'm looking say, forward to lockdown as long as this can be saved. And I'm looking forward to lockdown because of the following reasons. Because the Wolves the made their debut. And what was a typical Wolves match? It was Wolves and Samoa Joe taking on Bromance and uh, Zima Ion. It was a good match, what you expected. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with the Wolves. I'm also intrigued on the status of Samoa Joe. Apparently, he since AJ Styles has left, Samoa Joe has stepped up to that leader role. 
where he had where he apparently he called together the entire locker room and gave a very positive and um, um, supportive speech. See, uh, I wouldn't be Everton. able I wouldn't be able to look at Joe as a a, a locker room leader. I like, why yeah, not? He, well, he's got the years there and everything, but you're nothing in the company. Well, Which is sad. A, it's sad, but if your locker, it, if your locker room leader is the company because of that, because he, because nah, of that, no, it's horseshit. If you're somebody, so, is Mark Henry a uh, uh, supportive guy? Well, that's no, but like if you look at who's the locker room leaders, quote unquote, like it used to be Undertaker, he was up there. Now it's John Cena. It's guys like that. Like I don't know. I think it's good because Kurt Angle's there too. Yeah, and but, from what, what I think, f- Kurt Angle is the other one. But I still think that Samoa Joe, it's good to see him take um, that that stride to try to get these people positive, nice. to try to get these Joe people. Wants, Joe wants his fucking championship. Honestly, someone has to do it. Yeah. If not, God knows that Dixie Carter is not going to step up and have a locker room speech to try to. <laughs> imagine, and no she, one, imagine she was the locker room leader. Yeah, no one's going to buy into that crap. Lobster for everyone, y'all. Oh, oh no. hey Dixie! <laughs> yeah. Shit. Um, you also had, you also had MVP make his in-ring debut, which I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens with a, uh, MVP in the ring. So far, it looks like the same MVP that we saw that left WWE with a few more uh, moves to his <laughs> list. Mean, thanks. You mean the guy that we saw in Japan? Yeah, I was gonna say uh, he has a few mo- new moves thanks to him and his time in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, but what, he took on Rocks. All I saw was him do the ball in thing and then his drive by kick that he always yeah, used he, to do. He slapped him pretty damn hard. Come on now. That's an improvement. Right. Uh, Rockstar Spud. I think that Rockstar Spud is another person why I keep on watching now. Because Rockstar Spud is hilarious to see in the ring. He's great. He's great on working the mic. So I'm looking forward to that. Sam Shaw is another reason. I think that his gimmick is. I can't pretty, get behind those. I don't know. I can. I can definitely support this gimmick. No. I don't know. I just. I can't get behind Sam Shaw's gimmick. It's just like, it's just one of those things that I'm. I look at it and I'm like, that's not, like, realistic to me. You want to go? You want to explain the next gimmick that you are behind? Um. Well, when did this happen? Last Impact. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, so they aired a, a, a promo. A, was it a return promo or just a promo in general? For, promo. For new, Willow. Brand new, brand new wrestler promo. Yeah, for Willow. And that was like one of the best promos I've ever seen in TNA. For, uh, for those that don't know, Willow is also known as Willow the Wisp. Uh, also, it's... A.K.A. Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yeah. But it's not Jeff Hardy. It's Willow. And this is a character that we have not seen of Jeff Hardy. This is from the mics, the promos. Obviously, it does not say Jeff Hardy all over it. From even the the sound of his voice doesn't say Jeff Hardy. It's completely. Well, I mean, un- it sounds like Jeff, but yeah, but with the laughing, yeah, it's and not- the, the the riddles, yeah, it's it's like it's not. Jeff Hardy. Like, if there was one thing of Impact I could watch every single, like, episode of Impact, it'd be Willow promos. I'm not going to lie. I watched the promo five times on YouTube. Yeah. I You could call me a mark for doing so, 
But there was something about the promo that I wanted to watch to see if I missed anything. And I wanted to hear what he was saying. Because he just, this Willow character grasped the hold of my, my, uh, the marketing. Yeah, I was going to say entertaining, but come uh, on. I said entertainmentology. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, but something grasped it. And he, for those, he's from Omega Wrestling. You could also, for those saying that it's Bray, you saw Bray Wyatt doing this. Yeah, for go back, that, watch it. See, Jeff Hardy's been doing this since like 92. Yeah, this has been his gimmick. I think probably his backyard wrestling gimmick. Yeah, one of them at least. They Because they used to have like tons of gimmicks, so... One thing that was interesting, they at one Omega event where they had, I guess, Willow debut or return, they had like three to six different Willow characters come out, and one of them was Jeff Hardy. And it's just very it's different. And I it's, it's like a, it's like, imaginative, it's creative. It's yeah, it's creative creative that something that you haven't seen out of TNA in a long time. And I'm really looking forward to this. And I'm I'm very pleased that TNA I don't know if Jeff Hardy came to them with this idea, which I assume it was that way and not the other way. And I'm very happy that they're actually gonna allow this to happen. I think it's it's smart as hell because Jeff Hardy lost that uh that main event light about him. You know like does that make any sense? He kind of lost that uh that yeah. spot spotlight a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. So now, instead of going trying to push him over onto the audience, they're going to completely bring in this new character, introduce you, brand new wrestler, and I think it's I think it's excellent. Yeah. So, in all honestly, I have to say congratulations to Impact Wrestling for that, the creative team, and congratulations to whoever agreed, even if it was Dixie Carter, whoever said, you know what, let's run with this, see what happens. Congratulations to you on taking a, a risk that may actually pay off. Yes, and that was our TNA talk for the week. And we will be playing a Ring Rope Rebellion tune right now. Uh, we should have played this last week, but obviously you guys know what happened. Well, we did play it last week, but you we didn't hear it last yeah. week. So this is Crazy Chicks. Uh, obviously it's about AJ, and uh, it's their very first women's tune. Or a tune about a woman. So we'll play that and we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Punch the stamp. 
June 16, 2013 Was the day AJ became queen Don't be confused, she ain't no total diva She's the body and spirit of the Ice Queen Shiva She might be a little bit off the rocker But that right there's not enough to stop her Turn it on raw, I'm about to get my fix Why? Cause I really dig crazy chicks uh. Diva of the century Can't you see, it's AJ Lee Goddess of the geek in me Can't you see, it's AJ Lee Made her way through NXT Can't you see, it's AJ Lee Champion of WWE Can't you see, it's AJ Lee AJ Lee had a boyfriend or two Or was it three or four, I don't remember Do you? Let's travel back for a second Cool to list all the boys that she played for a fool Daniel Bryan was the first one, yes The kiss of death was like a checkmate in chess Then came the triple threat of Ryan Pumpkin Kane It ended pretty bad, very inhumane After was the scandal with the John Cena kiss She turned on that boy, you could hear that cat hiss Here to show the world with the hashtag heel But after a while it just didn't appeal An argument could be made for Big E Doubted, she was just using him, see? A storm of relationships called a blizzard. The Black Widow strikes with a shining wizard, yeah. Eva of the century, can't you see? It's AJ Lee, goddess of the geek in me. Can't you see? It's AJ Lee, made her way through NXT. Can't you see? It's AJ Lee, champion of WWE. Can't you see? It's AJ Lee. Crazy Chicks by Ring Rope Rebellion. You could, of course, follow them on Twitter at Ring Rope Rebel. You could purchase their music at ringroperebellion.bandcamp.com. One definitely, time Bandcamp. Yes, definitely support fellow uh, wrestling, wrestling fans. fans. And don't stick a flute in your... No, that no, don't do that. <laughs> Unless it's hey, everybody does whatever they want, right? Hey, if that's what if that's what it takes, I mean, who if, am I to say no? If you need a musical note, then to it away. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Well, we're talking about well, we're not talking about, but you just heard a song on one of the divas of the WWE. Aaron actually submitted an art a marktical to us that we posted on markingout.com, ranking every diva on the current WWE main roster. And it's well worth the read. It ranks everywhere from Eva Marie down to AJ. And his thoughts and ideas about it is pretty much uh, parallel to Brandon and mine. So go read it, go check it out, and definitely go tweet him uh, your response and comments at Aaron, at Aaron TSM. And speaking of the Divas, let's just jump right into SmackDown talk. I guess we could bring up the bads right away. Yeah, do it up. That being AJ defeating Nikki Bella. Um, yeah, I got nothing more to say about that one. Honestly, the more I'll say this every single week, I feel like, but the more and more I watch AJ, the more I get pissed. Because I, it's I, like it's like she takes too long to sell moves. Most notably when Nikki did her like face buster thing to her. Like yeah. she like she slapped her face down onto her knee and like I, I think a lot of it is, reacted. I think they showed us too much of AJ. It's just she's she's really sloppy looking and it's pathetic for 
I shouldn't be thinking stuff like this. You got to give JBL credit because he was he, he said during the match that Naomi is the best in the division at the current time, and I think both of us will agree with that. Yeah, and I think that Nikki Bella should learn how to sell pain. Agreed. So that should be that. But that's all for our bad, so congrats to SmackDown, I guess. Yeah, way to go. Uh, moving backwards on the list, I guess we'd say, to our middles... Uh, Sheamus defeated Ryback, where I, I think it was like a typical Sheamus match, and it was a typical Ryback match. Yeah, the mat, the end of the match was interesting, where Sheamus went for the, well, not the end of the match, but during it, he went for a bro kick and got caught with a powerbomb. I thought that spot was pretty cool. I love that spot. I was a big fan of it, but Ryback I'm still not a fan of now. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad match, it was just not a match that I'd want to see again. I hate the way that Ryback sells, though. He's very stiff in the ring. Not yeah, in the fact is. that, not not <laughs> <laughs> not not in the fact that he's harder or anything. But yeah, no, not, <laughs> not, 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 in the, not not in like how he's like uh, shooting on the other wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what I'm just gonna say to get out of the way, penis. <laughs> All right, there. Now yeah. we move on. All right, but yeah, Ryback is <laughs> next match. No, Did he have no, anything no. in his face, Dave? Yeah, right. You got any more innuendos? <laughs> but I, honestly, uh, during the match, Ryback went up to the top rope for a top rope splash, and I honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing him do that as like an actual move of his. No. Yeah, you could call it the money shot. Why not? Yeah, hilarious. No, seriously, I think uh, the lowdown for like a big, like a bigger guy like Ryback. I think it could help his. Repertoire. He just has to loosen up in the ring. He's he's too he's too tight. He's not he's he has this. Stretch. I'm not gonna touch that one. <laughs> All right, Goldust versus Bray Wyatt. Yes, Bray Wyatt picked up the victory. Uh, and I don't. I did not enjoy this match as much as I thought I would have. Like it, I did, I did enjoy Goldust doing a senton off the apron. Yeah, but like, I mean, for the for the most of this match, I just I felt like it was really one sided, more like Bray Wyatt side. But yeah, and I, I do. I, you what? would expect a little bit more competition, seeing that Goldust and Cody are the uh, ex tag team champions. Yeah, the number one thing that I absolutely loved during this match was when. Bray Wyatt was in the corner and Goldust went to like hit him or something and, and Bray like flipped backwards and did that stare. Yeah, that even, was like and Goldust was like like shocked and like backed off and I even would, like found Bray Wyatt creepy. I would love to see Goldust go back to the that gimmick. And, go back to the, the mind fucking. Yeah. And uh if you guys are, are drinking during this fucking podcast, just drink every time I say like. I'll call myself out for it. There, right? <laughs> uh, we had Christian versus Randy Orton. Um, all right, Christian makes his big return and everything. Why is he still wearing that damn stupid shirt? That shirt was terrible when it debuted. That probably is. not going to waste time making a new one. I think for they go go shirtless. Go back to wearing the Peep Show shirt because that was actually a shirt that people would buy. David, nobody's nobody's going to buy this new shirt. Did you buy one? No. Oh. But you bought a Reeks of Awesomeness shirt, right? Yes, I did. I do have a Reeks of Awesomeness shirt. Uh, I, I think I, I I hated to see this match again. But like at the same time, it was a good match. 
that's the thing. I I hated to see this match again. It was a good match. I did like the fact that Randy Orton wasn't getting the reaction that he wanted. And then he gets on the mic and starts bad-mouthing the audience to try to get the crowd's reaction. Yeah, because Randy Orton's, like, slowly but surely they're realizing, or Randy's maybe realizing that, like, hey, I'm not what these people... His spot's I, like, danger. He's really not that guy. He's not ever going to be John Cena. He's not going to ever be that top heel that WWE wants him to be. But on the other hand, Christian in the match, um, he after following this match and his other matches, he's really no threat in the elimination chamber. Yeah. It's not as if he's going in there and people are like, you know what? He has a fighting chance. He really doesn't. Coming off of a return, he hasn't been look, looking uh, stronger than any of the other wrestlers in this match. Yeah, which now it makes more sense if Brock Lesnar was going to wiggle his way into this match, it'll be Christian he's taking out and not Cesaro. Yeah, because Cesaro, with the name change, he dropped the Antonio. Now he's a strictly Cesaro, which WWE only does stuff like this when they uh, plan on on improving a wrestler. Well, let's not hope that. Let's not hope that because Big E dropped Langston. Yeah, so now it's just Big E. But back to Christian. Uh, Christian, apparently his contract is coming due. And rumor has it that he just had a new child. He <laughs> rumor he, has it that he just had a new child. Well, yeah, I'm not. Too, well, rumor has it about the contract, but he just had a new child. He's turning forty as this what, year, as per, opposed to an old child. Maybe, uh, yeah, kind of like Benjamin Button. Yeah, uh, but he just uh, he's turning forty very soon. He's probably not going to resign, so his spot is going to is pretty much. Uh, possible change any moment. I, I just hope I never have to see a one-on-one match again with Randy Orton and Christian I concur oh. can we move on to the goods yes yeah side note though the peep show shirt is no longer on WWE shop wah, yeah. Wah. yeah a lot of good shirts and I it's fucked up sorry to go on a tangent here but I called up WWE shop once and I asked them, like, what happens to the old shirts that, like, you don't yeah. sell? And they they didn't have an answer for me. And I spoke, like, I think they asked a manager and the manager said it's just it's just gone. But they, it's, probably, they probably keep it in, in storage. Right. And I would, I want to buy some of, like, some of my, oh, fuck, man, that's going to piss me off. I keep saying, like, I want to buy older shirts that I have that are just getting worn out. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on to the goods. Ambrose and Ro- uh, and uh, Reigns took on Ziggler and Kofi Kingston. We- this was a good match. I love the fact that the chants were chanting "We want Rollins" uh, during the match. Uh, I like also the reference to Jerry Lawler with the elbows. I think it was during this match where they made reference to it. I didn't catch that. Ziggler d- did his like multiple elbows. Right. And that is pretty much Jerry Lawler attributes that as to his heart attack. Because really, yeah, he was talking about on Stone Cold, Uh, and they made reference of that during the match where JBL um, said how stiff those elbows are or something like that um, in regards to his heart attack. Huh. So yeah. Uh, But even before that match, Daniel Bryan opened up SmackDown, I believe. I think that was before this. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, after, after. No, after, I believe it was beforehand. All right. Daniel Bryan opened it up and uh, spoke about Kane and how he's a sellout. And Kane ended up coming out, and Daniel Bryan yelled at him about their past, about Team Hell No and everything. He tells him that he should stop being corporate Kane. And that was basically that. And he makes Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. Right, right. For later on, on in the, the event. And then uh, after the Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns on our goods list, we have the primetime players backstage. Well, which... Titus, Titus O'Neil specifically. Yes, yes. Sorry uh, cutting a promo with Renee Young. I, I thought it was very – you can't take anything away from Titus O'Neil. He shines on that mic. Yeah. He, he's very well-spoken, very intel- intelligent too, and it shows. Yeah, well, look who his NXT trainer was. Yeah, right? That's very true. Um, but then during this promo, Darren Young attacks Titus O'Neil, kind of getting revenge for last week's SmackDown, where Titus O'Neil turned on, betrayed Darren Young for losing the match and blamed him for pretty much being a loser the past uh, the past few years. Is that weird for the face to attack the heel? No, not at all. Not at all. This is because that pop, the crowd pops for that. For the, the SmackDown see, crowd pops the, for everything WWE wants them to. That's true. But <laughs> even still, a live audience would pop to see a face get over on that heel that... Yeah, no, I, I mean, it happens on Monday Night Raw to yeah. get ahead, right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that happened. Our main event for SmackDown ended up being Daniel Bryan. No, not the main event, right? Uh, Was this the main event? No. No, Christian and Orton was just a really good match. Just a really good match that happened on SmackDown was Daniel Bryan defeating Antonio Cesaro. This match was great. Yeah, and uh, not that I think it would ever happen, but this is the WrestleMania main event that I want to see. Yeah, I think it's it's crazy that these indie guys are putting on incredible matches in WWE. It really shows a lot about indie wrestling today and where they can become. Which, just let me say, go back to your independent feds. Go watch these local guys. You never know who's going to be big in WWE. NYWC, PWS, WXWC4. Go support these independent promotions. Go watch these students train. Go watch these students uh, wrestle and make their debuts. These could be the next WWE champions of of the world. I mean, go check them out. Go support them. Yeah, and uh, after after this match, uh, well, during the match, Kane came out and distracted Daniel Bryan, uh, and Cesaro hit the neutralizer on him. Oh no, that was after the match that happened. Yeah, Daniel Bryan won, right? And Daniel Kane, Bryan won. Yeah, then he ha- he had the yeah yes lap. Kane came out. Cesaro neutralizer choke slam. Yeah, and yeah, Kane choke slammed him. Yeah. And that was all for SmackDown. Yeah, so let's move on to the main show, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Where are we going to start with this one, fellas? Hmm. Well, the bads, I could say there are no bads. That means that we are not starting with the bads. Jason, what do you say we start with the middles? That sounds good to me. Sounds good to me, too. All right, we're going to start off the middles with Betty White, with uh, starting it off with the big show. Yes, she opened up Monday Night Raw, coming out, being accompanied 
to the ramp side, I guess you'd say, but with Big Show, who... No, we were going back and forth. We're going to all just put this all together, every Betty White segment, I guess, all in one. I feel like she was not used uh, properly. Absolutely not. I mean, they did use her, but she kind of also was an awkward choice of a guest host. I mean, it's well, not like... She had, the, she had the line, we're going to kick some ass! Yeah, but you're not going to... It's not like you had Mae Young where you're going to have her get powerbombed through a, a table. Honestly, I think if WWE asked, she would have done it. Maybe. If they promised to protect her, which yeah. I'm sure they did. Um, now, Jason, you weren't a fan of this because of Big Show, correct? Yeah, Big Show looked awfully good for somebody who got his butt handed to him a few weeks back by Brock Lesnar. That's very true, and a lot and of he people forgot just, about that. Just kind of shook it off, and he was out there with Betty White all smiles and happy, and nobody seemed to bring it up. So Yeah, yeah I completely then, forgot all, about the it. The weird stare down with the authority. Yeah. Yeah, that was so awkward. Like, as of late, WWE segments have just been dropping off and moving on to the next thing. And for me, that was one of them, where Betty White's out here talking, and then Triple H's music hits, and they walk there and just walk right past and then go into their segment. It was yeah. like, it was very, very strange for me. Well, talking about being off the next middle, uh, middle, uh, the next middle, uh, they had an authority order in Daniel Bryan promo where Daniel Bryan was given the night off, where to the reaction of the crowd, they hated it. For he is he is the face of the company and he's not going to be wrestling on Raw. Yeah, uh, that was a big shocker, which I'm sure a lot of fans were very angry at. Which Randy Orton then was out there talking about how he wants to be on talk shows, he wants to be on cereal boxes, etc., etc., and how he's the absolute face of the company. He's the absolute face of the company. I was so, so bored with this. I don't know if either of you two were bored with this. I'm not bored by it for the fact that now I'm starting to count now? how many times he uh, reiterates uh, something that he just said. But either uh, throws in a new word there or just completely verbatim repeats it. Yeah, Randy Orton will just repeat what he says. And it's Randy pretty Orton funny. will just repeat what he says. <laughs> yeah, he'll pretty much just repeat what he says on television. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, honestly, Randy Orton is the guy that would have been perfect to play Kennedy Kennedy. Kennedy Kennedy. Kennedy Kennedy. Uh, we also have a middle Dolph Ziggler taking on Alberto Del Rio. Del Rio picking up the victory. With a nice sidekick that knocked, uh, that was credited as one of Ziggler's many con concussions, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Uh, I do. I think this match was way too short, but it was all about Batista here. Yes, unfortunately, it was a middle, and then gradually moved it to the bads because to, for our only bad on Raw because Batista doing a Batista bump. Well, first let me say that he sprinted at a brisk speed of about two miles per hour down to the ring in full wrestling gear, and then he power bombed Del Rio through the announce table, which I'm sure collectively all three of us could say stop calling it a Batista bomb if he's not following up with the sit-down portion of the move. Okay, now given on the WWE, uh, they've released that video of the top 30 seconds of Batista bombs, and every time he does a Batista bomb, it's 
uh, like a power bomb, it's onto the steel steps or it's on it's through a table, and they call it the Batista bomb. But on the other times that he's doing it, he's sitting down. It's a sit down power bomb. Yeah, and he's in such terrible shape. It's like sickening. If after, I mean, dude, they cut to commercial. That's like at least three minutes, and they came back. He was backstage with Triple H. He was completely winded. And, and if you can't H- if you can't breathe in the three minutes that you're doing the commercial, you don't belong main eventing main, WrestleMania. No, if you get that winded, get out of here. Uh, but Triple H obviously liked what he saw, and he made it official: Alberto Del Rio versus Batista at Elimination Chamber. Like um, I'm, I'm not in Batista's body shape, but I'm in the same fucking ring shape as him. Now, get me wrong. Bathroom get me break. wrong or don't get me wrong? No, no, no. Uh, get me wrong if I'm wrong. I don't know. That doesn't make AJ, sense. AJ versus Naomi. Batista versus Del Rio. Which is the true bathroom break? Why would it should be the pre-show match. Is there a pre-show match even announced yet or no? Uh, not yet. That'll probably end up being... But out of, out of the Divas match and the Batista Del Rio, what's the true... Bathroom break. I would rather see Naomi and AJ because that there's hope for me to see Naomi become the Divas champion. Exactly. Usually the Divas match is the bathroom break, but now because Naomi is bringing new light uh, life into the Divas division, um, as as is Oksana and Summer Rae, people care more about that match as opposed to Batista and Del Rio. Yeah, and I guess I might as well, there's no point to mention this, but I believe the other Uso twin got married this past week. Kudos, kudos. Um, so no, Mazel Tov, as our Jewish people would say, right? Well, don't clump Jason in there. I mean, no, well, our Jewish people. Our Jewish people. You own them? Yeah, hilarious. Okay, just checking. <laughs> um, thank you, Pharaoh, for owning us. Jason, are you Jewish? No, I'm not. My fiance is, though. Yeah, so he's basically <laughs> Jewish. All right, Pharaoh. Say <laughs> I'm not Pharaoh. I don't know you. It's your people. My people. Well, maybe you're Moses too. My people, let them go. <laughs> Talking about letting go, someone that they should let go is Cameron because they had Cameron <laughs> and the Bellas versus Oksana, Fox, Alicia Fox, and AJ. And AJ wasn't even in the match. There were uh, there were some good parts of this, but there was a lot more bad parts. Flying clotheslines that don't connect. Alicia Fox selling the opposite direction that she's hit. Uh, well, I guess the main part that didn't work for me in this match, not the main part, because the main part for, is always going to be Cameron and Alicia Fox, but the other main thing that happened was the Bella Twins trying to do their version of Poetry in Motion, which I understand the fact that they messed it up, with Brie kind of slipping on Nikki, but I mean that looked bad. I guess maybe just keep doing it, just to I mean you know yeah, in Divas Division. If something the, looks bad, just keep on no, doing no, it. No, 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 because the more you do it, the more you'll be able to. Not on live television. Don't do it. Yeah, just go go down to practice. Go practice. Yeah, it. yeah that's I gotta give credit to Cameron though. That Cameron DT, the girl by. I hate that name. I hate it too, but that was actually pretty impressive. But the thing about that DDT, it's not really Cameron doing anything. It's more the selling and how you sell it, and that's all Oksana. Yeah. I think Oksana sold that shit perfectly, and that I was convinced. I thought that her head nailed that mat. Yeah. I, I think that was very good. 
And our main event for the evening was our last middle. John Cena defeated Randy Orton. And I will be honestly, I will be honest with you. I did not. I watched a little bit of this. Once I, I saw, watched the Olympics. I had no, to see yes. them figure skate. Once I saw the reaction of the crowd, once I saw the, um, the false finishes, I was too busy watching the Olympics because I cared more about the Olympics than this main event. The Olympics it, suck, but as good as this match might have been, the fans didn't care about it at all. Yes, and that just draws that takes away from the whole match. I mean, if you're going to be the face of the company, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Randy Orton got zero reaction. John Cena got zero react, got negative reaction. Like which that's is so- terrible. John Cena gets the this. Uh, let's go, Cena. Cena sucks everywhere you go, no matter what. Randy Orton, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, got zero reaction. The thing that bothers me the most is that this may have been a very good match. And from what I did see, it was it was a good match. But even if Randy Orton and John Cena put on a five-star match on a Monday Night Raw or even on a pay-per-view, it's still going to be looked at as a two-star match because of people being tired of seeing them. Yeah, and honestly, for me, the best part of the match... Waking up is... No, the oh. best part of the match was when Raw went off the air just because I was bored with seeing this again. Yeah. It's like, All right, how this, many times can we see Randy Orton versus John Cena? This is too depressing. Let's move on to the goods. Gold the goods. Dust Cody. Oh, right. What? I forgot we even had goods. I thought we were at the end of the show. <laughs> nope. Gold Dust Cody and Rey Mysterio taking on the Wyatt family. Uh, this was a very, uh, it was a very good match. I do think that the one failure of this match and overall is people the size of uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan selling the moves uh, move set of Rey Mysterio so easily? But it's not like they don't do it so easily. It's like they they kind of like not, I, yeah they kind of flutter. No, with the six one nine with the Hurricanrana. The six one nine though leads to them getting up. I I'm sorry, but I think that they shouldn't be selling it. I, I th- think they should be selling less of Rey Mysterio. I think the one flaw in this match which is going to sound kind of marky of me because I'm not in the match, but Ray should have realized that Bray Wyatt wasn't there when he's 619 Luke Harper because uh, he had they had both of them there, and he went to 619, and Luke Harper was just there. Should have realized Bray wasn't there, and then he got pulled off the apron. Wait, what are you talking about? When he went, he's 619. He had both of them set up to do the 619. Yeah. And he went. Oh, you're not and talking ran. about the end of the match. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. That wasn't a flaw. That was phenomenal. Yeah, the end of the match where Bray gets the the blind tag in, and then as uh, as Rey Mysterio is about to hit the six one nine, he gets cut off, and Bray hits the sister Abigail. Looked sick. Which even then, I feel like he could have looked and seen that Bray is standing in front of him. But that was you- an awesome, awesome move. Yeah. Uh, we also had Santino versus Fandango. Uh, this was good because the match was good match. The match I, was short though. I really, I wish there was a longer match with this. It was very short. I did like how Santino did a kick up, but then he ended up getting hit with the leg drop, which I love that the guillotine leg drop. Um, yeah. and then the Miz coming on commentary very randomly again. Yeah. The Miz thing is awful. Yeah. Nobody cares. We don't care. Awful. Okay, go, go team up with Ziggler. Still. 
Nobody cares. Okay, you're outspoken. You're not being pushed. Okay, just don't get on the mic and be a little bitch. I think... Well, not I think. I just hope that we get to see the mixed tag match soon on Monday Night Raw. I agree with you. Fandango, if we didn't mention it before, defeated Santino. Yep. And uh, Emma was out there on commentary, I believe. Uh, I don't think so, no. She was, when was she on commentary? She wasn't. She was definitely on commentary sometime. No, San, it was Santino with Emma and Fandango with Summer Rae. She, she wasn't on commentary. Because Miz, Miz uh, got on the commentary. When did I hear Emma on commentary? Maybe NXT? No, 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 no. This was Monday Night Raw. Smackdown. No, one not during Raw. I'm telling you, one of the two. Doesn't matter. I don't think so. <laughs> um, Real Americans versus Sheamus and Christian. Sheamus and Christian picking up the victory. I think I would say this is the match of the night. Um, I love the... If Sheamus and Cesaro had a feud, I would be... Full blown be uh, supporting this. I love the fact that they were going at each other uh, from the start of the match. They're both very physical wrestlers, very uh, European, very good. I thought I thought this makes a great feud. And I, I honestly, I was very surprised with this match because I didn't feel like this was a match that Jack Swagger or Sheamus would have even been in, with it being so exciting and everything. Agreed. And I really do like how Jack Swagger took the bro kick from Sheamus. I thought that was uh, like if you could yeah. if you could sell that move, that was that right there. Yeah, big time. Uh, Lita is inducted into the Hall of Fame class of 2014. Yeah, she joins the Ultimate Warrior and Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes. And uh, we found out during the week that the WW Hall of Fame will air live for, of course, the very first time on the WWE Network, which is awesome. I have that, something to do on Saturday night now. Are they still going to air that on television, though? The I, I wouldn't even. There'd be no point. That's true. It gives more incentive for people to order the WWE Network. What does everybody thought? Everybody's thoughts on Lita becoming the third inductee to the 2014 class of all? No, you got it. You got it. The 2000? No, the class, the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2014. There you go. What's everybody's opinions, thoughts? Don't all jump at once. I love it. <laughs> um, I was saying to Brandon before we went on that. I'm finding it really hard to find a better Hall of Fame class than this year. Um, not to sound corny or cliche, but truly, this is the ultimate Hall of Fame class. Um, I'm full. I'm supportive of Lita. I think she's a great pro wrestler. She really did uh, redefine uh, female wrestling in WWE yeah. and pro wrestling as a whole. She's the best professional wrestling diva woman's wrestler of all time in my opinion she was involved in so many different storylines from the hardy boys to the to edge to kane dean malenko dean malenko she was involved in so many different storylines that many other divas uh weren't <laughs> yes it's <Yeah. laughs> a lot a lot of people couldn't like couldn't do what she did there's there's yeah. trish stratus but if you look at it lita is the best of all time I think the next inductee is going to be Rick Rude. If it's I'm not Rick Rude, that. I'm waiting for Paul Bear or somebody who knows. Paul Bear, maybe the Freebirds. We'll yeah, see. Right, like that's going to happen this year? I don't think so. Maybe. Uh, Why, they're not going to be uh, the center. No, but that's like that's always a joke. Like, oh, I'm a Hall of Famer, you're not. 
yes. Scott Hall, what do you think, odds? Uh, uh, I don't nah. think this year. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's any point to this year. Maybe next year in California. But who's the main guy? Who is the person that they're looking the headliner? at? Headliner? Is it yeah. the Ultimate Warrior? I yeah, I'd go with Warrior. Or will there be like another huge announcement? Like, holy I shit. Did, I did see on the dirt sheets that Mr. T has reopened the idea. Yes, I yeah. saw I saw Mr. T and Cindy Lauper are being looked at for celebrity inductees. Whopper, I'd mark out for, especially for if those that are listening that think that Cindy Whopper shouldn't be inducted, uh, go back and learn your history about WWF uh, with the uh, rock, and wrestling. Rec- rock and wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, how important that was, especially with getting uh, WWF and pro wrestling onto like the, the, um, the media. Yeah, MTV was huge then, and yeah. that was helped. How big time. And Sandy Lauper was a big factor in Wendy Richter, and she was involved with uh, Fabulous Moolah, Captain Lou Albano, so go check that out. And I think it's really cool for even even if it's Mr. T or Cindy Lauper, this is WrestleMania 30, and they were both, I believe both of them at least, were at WrestleMania 1. So it's like 30 it's- years later, 29 years later. And still, one person not inducted is Andy Kaufman. That should be. Well, um, he's honestly he's never been in WWE, so yeah. But uh, he Ryan definitely Baxel, deserves to be. Ryan Baxel versus the Usos. It in was the Hall a of good, Fame, not WWE. Sorry about that. Ryan Baxel versus the Usos. Usos win. It was a good match, but that's really it. The crowd, I think, was really into the Usos here, and I just—it's time to make them tag team champions. Of course. Um, Mark Henry, Dean Ambrose had his Dean Ambrose open challenge for this U.S. championship because he hasn't defended it since October. Yeah, uh, which was against Biggie Langston, I believe, on a Monday Night Raw. Yeah, so Mark Henry makes his return, answers his challenge. Uh, I thought this was a good match, did exactly what it had to do. Yeah. It made the Shield look strong. Um, Well, not strong. It also made them look weak. Well, it because made, Mark, well, it made them. It didn't weak. make them look weak. It, it made, made them. No, it was what? Yeah, okay, I could see that. Yeah, it definitely, I see that did, exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect look, way to put that. Yeah, it didn't make the shield look weak, but it made Ambrose look flawed. That right. he is, he is able to lose. Mark Henry defeated Dean Ambrose because of the DQ. Because Mark Henry had that three count, and Seth Rollins got involved. Yeah, kind Roman of Reigns wasn't that, in there. Yeah, not Roman Reigns, but Rollins was the reason why Roman Reigns was kind of hanging back a little. But then he finally hit Mark Henry with the spear. An epic spear. Uh, and then you had probably the mark out, probably my mark out moment of the week, uh, where the Shield stepped up, the White the White family ended up coming out, and then you had the Shield stepping up, the White stepping up, and yeah, they that, both they both took turns walking towards the ring. Yeah, then Bray Wyatt stepped down. But this was an amazing the crowd. The crowd loved it. I loved it. I loved it as well. Uh, it only shows how much everyone's really looking forward to this match at Elimination Chamber, which still needs a gimmick attached to it. It, it should be. Like, how epic would that match be if there was that match, six-man tag, in the chamber? That would be amazing. We've never um, seen it happen. It just needs to happen. WWE, just do it. All right. Do you think that Mark Henry 
because he knows his place, because he is a great locker room wrestler, do you think that's costed him? Do you think that that is the reason why he is not WWE champion? Because he doesn't, because he knows his place and he's willing to do everything that they ask him to do and not stand up and say, I want this and stand up to whatever they're saying and say, no, I'm not going to put this guy over. That's a difficult question that it's just like, I, I can't, honestly, I can't answer that. I can definitely see that being a reason. And it's unfortunate because Mark Henry deserves it more than any other person in pro wrestling to be that WWE world champion. If not for a few months, definitely he, at some point he deserves it. Which they really should have done that last year with that John Cena thing when he retired and yeah that that was that was amazing. Yeah. Um, another good was the Kane promo where uh, Kane came out apologizing to Daniel Bryan and then Daniel Bryan beat the shit out of him, drop kicking him right over the barricade. Which I could say hopefully this leads to something with Daniel Bryan and Undertaker at WrestleMania. For sure. All right, you want to hit some outside of the ring news real quick? Sure. All right, outside the ring news. That was raw for it for for this week, by the way, yes. folks. That was raw for this week. Uh, Jillian Hall. She looks like a mix of Brooke Hogan, Brooke Hogan, <laughs> Brooke uh, Hogan's mom in a pile of shit. But you know, everybody for the most part knows that outside of the ring news already. Wait, um, that are you? That, that's your outside the ring news. Yeah, she's that. That is part of the outside. Apologize, the <laughs> asshole. Uh, Layla may be done with pro wrestling due to her serious knee injuries. Is it a knee injury that's holding her back from wrestling right now? Yes, sir. Was she Rey Mysterio? Uh, yes, leading right into that. Rey Mysterio on this upcoming SmackDown that you all obviously most likely watched already. He re-injured his knee. The knee that has he has multiple surgeries on. He rolled out of the ring, uh, pulled up, hit, pulled up his pant leg, ripped off his knee brace, and was in a ton of pain. Um, I think it's time that he retires for the sake, not because we don't want to see him wrestle. We don't appreciate everything that he's done for us, but for the fact we don't want to see him get hurt. Um, yeah. And he's a shoe in for Hall of Fame 2015 in California. If if he retired, yes, if he does retire, and I think for the, I mean, you have Callisto already in the uh, NXT. It's man, I think don't say that. Time. That's sad to me. I, I like. I just want to see Rey Mysterio versus Callisto. Maybe that's his swan song. That would be amazing. That would be honestly the best way you could end your career is to face Samurai Del Sol. That may be that may be that should be Rey Mysterious Swan Song is putting over Kalisto. Like that could be the most beautiful wrestling match I've ever seen. Yeah. Um we also have uh do you think that instead of Batista they should be having Mason Ryan? Is that a joke? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, that, is that is that written in your notes? Yeah, it is. Shame on you. No, no, just because I would rather be seeing Mason Ryan than Batista, even though they both suck. Well, no, um, I don't think Mason Ryan sucks. Eh, he's not that good. We don't know what he's capable of, cap- cap- capable of. Eh, we that's, do. That's do, my do. Scott Steiner song impression. Oh, funny. Uh, Tensai may be done with wrestling as well. Uh, rumor has it that he's just done. Which and now, that's why I guess WWE, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, is now starting to do like NFL stuff. What do you mean? 
like they're they're starting to do pre-show uh, panels and stuff. Yeah, they're testing it out, and that's one of the things that he was on. Is Tensai was sitting on the panel or standing on the panel, probably. Yeah, they're going to be doing that on the WWE Network, the pre-show and the post-show. Like what we get at pay-per-views, but for Monday Night Raw, I guess SmackDown as well. Which I think is a phenomenal step towards awesomeness in wrestling. Oh yeah, this network is going to be a huge step for pro wrestling as a whole. Uh, Tensai has been doing the NXT, part of the NXT commentary, and he's been superb on it. And this could also be the reason why he was a part of one of the past pay-per-view panels. Um, he's very vocal. He knows pro wrestling, like, unlike a lot of other wrestlers, so, Which, and he's a veteran. I have to say, uh, I forgot to make mention is that Byron Saxton is now part of the WWE, um, I guess traveling, what would you call that? What, what, what team? No, what team are you part of Jason <laughs> with the announcers and everything? Um, I guess the broadcast team thank you that's what i'm looking for <laughs> byron saxon is part of the broadcast team now which uh i guess for me honestly everybody here i assume jason too would hope renee young gets to move to commentary hell yeah but oh, I, don't, nice. I don't i don't see that happening byron saxton was on commentary on main event where uh, alex riley was not on commentary i'm a huge supporter of alex riley doing commentary but Alex Riley was on the uh, pre-show panel. Well, they're going to have a lot of usage on the WWE Network, so who knows? Maybe all of them will have a shot. Yeah, at a little bit of everything. I mean, that would be so awesome to see, like WWE superstars that can actually talk and actually call matches and actually make yeah. making entertainment broadcasting. No, making entertainment. Making, making broadcasting entertaining? Yeah, I was going to say making an entertaining broadcast. Someone that doesn't make entertaining at all is Del Rio. Thank goodness, apparently his contract's coming up soon and he's going to be leaving the WWE. He doesn't need the money anymore. Please, just go. <laughs> before you tar- uh, before you do anything to your name, just just go. Uh, apparently, we have, some, we have people leaving the pro re- WWE, but we have people incoming. Um, WWE Performance Center. Apparently, WWE sent an invite to Kevin Steen and Michael Elgin. Uh, this is in addition to the Prince Evan invite that's out there currently. Prince uh, Devitt. These, huh? Prince Devitt. Yeah, Prince Devitt. Uh, these three invites are huge news. I mean, Prince Devitt we knew about, but now Kevin Steen and Michael Elgin getting an invite. There's a, an actual – there's also another invite that went out, but I'm not allowed to disclose who it was. Really? But I, yeah, but I know who it was. Okay. And I, um, let's just say I'm wearing a gray shirt right now that says Performance Center. Well, we can't, <laughs> we can't say anything about it. But someone that's not going to be wearing a Performance Center shirt but will be on WWE television, Ric Flair signed a new contract with the WWE. Woo! Get but the, the thing is, he's not, boy. he's not allowed to take any book outside bookings from the WWE without their authorization. And if he does take a booking and the WWE comes calling, he has to drop that booking and go to WWE. So that sounds very like, con- that sounds like Ric Flair in general, though. Yeah, I feel like you need a grip on Ric Flair anyway. So why not? Uh, we have did, TNA. Did you? Su- I have to cut you off. Did you understand that I booed right instead of yeah? Word? Thank you. Yeah, okay. I do. So, I was um, saying boo ends. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we also had backstage when Monday Night Raw was in California. RVD was uh, backstage at Raw. We should all collectively do that right now with our hands. What? Rob Van Dam. Wait a minute. Yeah, so our – what? Speaking of, speaking of RVD, I know Brandon and I weren't the only ones that thought that he was going to be the one to answer no, the challenge. I, I didn't think that. I didn't know that Rob Van Dam was backstage until people started like an influx of tweeting to us that I oh my god, Rob up. Van Dam's back there. But was I, had, it- I, I actually had no clue he was back there, and I thought it was Mark Henry from the start, and mm-hmm. that was that was a killer for me of that segment as a whole. But Stone Cold Steve Austin was also backstage at that Raw. What? Um, which was pretty awesome. He brought up the story about how on he, his podcast, of course, yeah, on his podcast with which everyone should go listen to. He apparently was backstage. He recorded interviews with Regal, uh, Dutch Mantel, which and is Seth Coulter. For those of you who don't know, yeah, Big Show and a few other pro wrestlers to be released at a later date. He joked around with Ray Mysterio on who he pissed off to be that number thirty and how Wade Barrett should have had that number thirty. And I got to agree with him once again. That, that would be epic. That would have just been TNA booking for me. To have Wade Barrett as the number 30 come out on the when, mic and say, I have bad news for you. It's not Daniel Bryan. Yes, because Rey Mysterio had that spot and Xavier Woods had that spot. I still don't get that. Where the fuck was Xavier Woods this week? I don't understand how that's TNA booking to have Barrett it, at number 30. Because he wasn't like Ed a, Barrett. He wasn't announced, but does that matter? Yes, it does matter Why? because there it, were announced people for that match. It could be a surprise entrant. There were announced people for that match that And there were unannounced people for that match as well. Yes, but if we're counting the people who were announced, we see who who came out and who didn't. And if you took out if they took out Xavier Woods from the match, what's so bad about taking someone else out of the match? It's that's just so exactly. stupid. That if lo- if that I had Rey Mysterio 30. for my poll and I got and Rey Mysterio didn't show up, I would have been super pissed. Yeah, but that number thirty should have went to a heel, and that would have been an ultra heel to get that would that spot that number thirty would have gotten any heel over automatically, and it shouldn't have went to a face. Do you think that especially baby face? Do you, well here's here hear me out real fast before you say especially a face. Do you think that if that number thirtieth entrant was somebody like Scott Hall, if people would have been really pissed or people would be like, holy shit, Scott Hall. That would have been an awful booking. Obviously, but... We don't want to put Scott Hall in that position. That's I don't think that's would, right. But would they have booed or would they have yes. cheered? I think they would have cheered. I think they it's would have been... Scott Hall been, being in WWE again. It would, have been, it would have been a mix, but people would still be disappointed and you would still hear that. I don't think that would be right for Scott Hall. Um... Talking about, we spoke about a lot about knee injuries. Kurt Angle apparently has no ACL in his cartilage. Uh, no. What does ACL mean? Uh, was it anterior? Fucking shit. Anterior something ligament. Um, but yeah, apparently he's been using a wheelchair. Huh. He's been using a wheelchair to get around because his knee has been hurting him so much. Did Jim kind Ross? Of, did Jim Ross recently say that he doesn't think Kurt's gonna and many more matches? I'm unsure, probably. Uh, TNA apparently signed Santana Garrett and Extreme Tiger from uh, uh, Mexico. And Jeff Jarrett is doing a lot of scouting for this new project that he has upcoming. Uh, Brandon, you want to talk about that a little? Well, he released the promo video just saying it's coming and 
It looks like it's going to be a documentary or something, but uh, Jeff Jarrett's been to India, wrestled in India. He's wrestled in Mexico, all over the United States. So uh, I'm assuming he's going to, if this is in fact a promotion that he's starting and he's looking for worldwide talent, I mean, sky's the limit. There's tons of wrestling in Japan, India, Mexico, all over the United States, Ireland, United Kingdom as a whole. So, I mean, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, oh, wrestling takes a, a big, big step, yeah, uh, towards the right direction. Um, and that's pretty much all we have about pro wrestling for this week in sports entertainment. Want to move on to uh, shameless plugs? I want to give a special shameless plug to all these people that I promoted last week on the episode, but because that episode was lost and when I did do it, there was not too much uh, enthusiasm behind it. So this week I'm going to give another shameless plug to all those people that promoted us during the Monday Night Raw last week. So here's looking at, at Natty Brosket, Sarah, Eric at Montreal Broski, Justin at Awesome256, Evan. At Evan Bordner One, Page at P A B the Fab, Bill at Matt's Smark, at Rage Cage Forty Two O Nine, Captain Senpai Tai at Broski Taiwan, Chris at WWE TNA Worldwide, at Team Awesome Four One Eight, and you can go check them out on Facebook to. Be a part of the best pro wrestling page on Facebook, facebook.com slash team awesome 418 and Jasmine at reverse Adamsage. Thank you all for promoting us last week during raw much appreciated. You guys are the best as is every listener to this podcast. Also firehouse theater project presents the elaborate entrance of Chad, of Chad deity. Go check it out. It's a play based on pro wrestling. A delicious, uh, delicious crackle and pop of galloping honest to God all-American satire, says New York Times. You do not want to miss this. It's a play focused on pro wrestling. How can you miss this? Obviously, you will miss this if you're not in Virginia or near <laughs> this area. <laughs> so, so February 6th to March 8th, it is going taking place. It is taking place at the Firehouse Theater Project, 1609 West Broad Street, Richmond, Virginia. Go support them. Get tickets, boxofficetickets.com. This week... Wait, wanted, sorry to cut you off. The New York Times reviewed that show? Yep, New York Times reviewed it. That's odd. Yeah, apparently, they've getting really good reviews about it. I mean, it sounds very interesting, the play itself. You could go find... You could go search the elaborate entrance of Chad Deity, D-E-I-T-Y, on uh, Facebook and check it out. Um, special thank you to the people that promoted us this week during Monday Night Raw. So go follow Aaron TSM, B-Montambi, at NYWC underscore sign guy, Rick David at Violent Rick, Darrell at Papa underscore Falcon, Tarak at and Tarak Thayer, Mike at Silver Demon 333, Sinner at Sin 40, and Mikey at X Mikey Wild X. Thank you, all those people and the people before that. Go follow all of them. 
because they are awesome enough to promote us during uh, Monday Night Raw and throughout the week. And thank you guys for listening uh, to Mark and I supporting us. Um, Brandon, do you have what? What is it? Do you do? Oh, do you have any shout outs? Oh, hey, okay, it's me, Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. First shout out goes to the song "The Down Easter Alexa," as hearing it live was probably my real markout moment of the week from last week. Uh, it's a great song. Billy Joel's awesome. Uh, my second shout-out goes to Round Rock Donuts. It's a donut shop in Austin, Texas. Probably most famous for their giant donuts. And I think if you're a donut fan, you have to go in there and get one of those giant donuts just for the hell of it. Uh, of course, you don't want to eat that by yourself because then you get looked at it wrong. And it's not wrong to eat a giant donut by yourself. It's not wrong to eat a Carvel cake by yourself. Although on Valentine's Day, I guess saying that is pretty depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I'm just kidding. I didn't eat the whole donut by myself, but I might have eaten a whole Carvel cake by myself at one point. Speaking of Carvel cake, the last shout out goes to Carvel. Uh, my friend's groom cake, groom's cake was from Carvel because it's that damn good. Uh, and it's nice to know that it can be purchased all over the United States. And everybody should eat a Carvel cake this week. Hell yeah. Yeah, so those are my shout outs. Um, I, th- think I think now it's, it's time, time for our... Right, y'all, our markout moment of the shut the heck up, Dixie. I am not letting you take this one. Our markout moment of the week, Dave. You can take it away since you've taken it away for the past three segments. All right, let me take it away from you. The markout moment, my markout moment, was the moment where the Shield and the Wyatt family had their stare down on Monday Night Raw, where they teased that the both of them were going to get into the ring and go at each other. I was marking out for this, as was the entire WWE Universe. This is only leading to their match at Elimination Chamber, which they haven't even touched each other recently. Uh, I mean, the last time they battled each other was a few was last week or was last month or something like that. But well, it's, it is, it's, it's a new week. It's a February's relatively. When, when did they battle each other? I couldn't tell you that. It was a while ago. Possibly the last Raw of uh, 2013. I mean, we but, don't know that they, they could have touched each other. Things get lonely on the road. I don't know. That is that is very true. <laughs> Pat Patterson's back there. but <laughs> I don't think he is, Dave. <laughs> but it is an awesome markout moment for everybody that is a wide family and the shield uh fan. Do you So yeah. Do you by any chance have a like a personal markout moment of the week, Jason, or no? Um mine hasn't happened yet, but the fact that I'm announcing Psycho Circus, I nice. have to mark out for that. Good I, stuff. I believe uh my markout moment of the week happened. And that's our podcast for the week. <laughs> 
You I'm Matt just, Damon. Fuck off. No, I'm not Matt Damon. <laughs> no, I think honestly my mark out moment of the week this week was when I was in the hotel. Uh, I I wore purposely I wore a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt to Texas, and uh, I stayed into the I stayed in the next room was 316. So had to get a picture in front of that, which I posted on Facebook and Twitter. You guys could go tweet that to each other. And that, that was that's the market one of the week for myself. So uh, let's go <laughs> fuck myself. <laughs> but that was our show this week. Hopefully this airs. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who wrote in questions and comments last week and this week. Uh, thank you to Jason for hosting this week as well. Yeah, at the current time, I think it's past midnight. So thank you for uh, sticking up with us. You think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a clock around me. You're, it, is, it is 1 a.m. Yeah. Wow. So Valentine's Day is over. So if you didn't ship your girlfriend now, folks, you could do it whenever. <laughs> I thought you were going to say what she <laughs> No, I wouldn't have said that. I would not have said that. But you could like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash out. You could follow us on Twitter at out at DaveTheRave underscore M-O, at B-T-T-G-161, at JLinick, or J underscore Linick? No underscore. Okay, so JLinick, follow him. Um... You could go back and listen to past episodes, markingout.com, Cooking with Brandon, Where's Dave, Big O Slap Chop Bet, YouTube. Uh, I guess it's just time to say that. We wish you the best, best of luck, luck in, in your future endeavors. Have a nice Oh.